Ho, ho, ho! Welcome, festive greetings, and welcome one and all to episode 65 of the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to Megavision's magazine. Today is December the 27th, 2020. I'm Graham Cookson, the production editor of Megavisions, and... As we're coming down from Christmas, joining this week, he's been dreaming of a wide Christmas and listening for sleigh bells in the snow. It's Scotty Moe, the managing editor for Megavisions. And he's been hit. Oh, wait. Oh, I screwed that one up. Um, he's seen Mummy kissing Santa Claus and he's having himself a very Merry Christmas. It's Antichris. And also joining us this week. Wow, we've it's last Christmas we gave him our hearts, but the very next day he gave it away. It's Chris Powell. How's it going, everybody? How's it going? All feeling whiteness. Excellent. Brilliant. And once again, we're going live on Twitch. So come keep us company and fire off any questions you have in the chat and we'll get to them as we go through the show. And even though Christmas is now sadly over, um, it's still close enough that some of us are still in full. Still feeling a little bit festive. I don't know about these guys, but I certainly am. Oh, no, my hat fell off. No, live show. Ah. It's over. Christmas is it's over. A, Christmas is never over. Christmas is live. I mean, New Year's is the next thing. Indeed, indeed. Well, I, I, I don't have a New Year's hat thing. So this is the closest thing I've got. Uh, and as always, we'll be answering some of your burning questions. We have our picks of the year, not the week, the year, where we'll be chatting about some of our favorite game and movie releases of 2020. Plus we'll have our feature discussion where we talk about what we're hoping to see from 2021. Well, the party's on, the feeling's here. That only comes this time of year. It's time for this week's Mega Vision Show. But before we get into everything else, uh, let's take a moment to discuss our week or our Christmas and see what lovely presents we all got. So, Scotty, I'm going to start with you. Tell us about your festive joys. Boy, howdy. Uh, there's plenty to discuss. Um, I will first tell a short story that is sad, but might be funny at the same time. Um, so, uh, Rachel's dad had a bull mastiff dog, and he was, you know, those dogs are basically one giant muscle. Um, his name was Hulk. Uh, and unfortunately, um, he had to be put down on Christmas Day. So we'll oh. get the sadness out of the way here. Uh, he's a great big boy. And oh, wow. I want to tell you a fun story that'll lead into something that I want to get done in remembrance of him. So um, it's been a difficult 2020 has been bullshit for everybody. So let's just add that to the pile. All right. So but there's a great story with this. So where uh, her dad lives is near a busy street. And um, he lets he always let would let Hulk out to play. Uh, her dad is also like the size of a planet, so big guy with a big dog, basically. Um, and he let Hulk out to play once, and a cop car um, was going a little too fast and hit Hulk. Hulk was fine; he walked it off like nothing, and the cop car drove away and then came back. And um, of course, her dad was distraught, but. Hulk acted like nothing happened. The cop came back to apologize, and you could see a dent on the car. So Hulk hit the car. The car did not hit Hulk. And <laughs> the cop was, like, getting out of his car to apologize. And um, Rachel's dad was, like, starting to not run, but, like, walk briskly toward him. And the cop starts to go for his gun. And her dad is like, oh, you're going to need a lot more of that to stop me. You just hit my dog. So the cop <laughs> drove away. The cop Whoa, came back. Wow, that got like really aggressive real quick. He's wow. a large man wow. and you do not mess with his dog. And so the cop came back 
and was apologizing and everything. And Rachel's dad's just like, you better not be fucking expecting me to pay for that thing. So, like, basically Hulk took out a cop car. And so I thought in remembrance of Hulk, what we should do is get a shirt with his big dumb smile on it. And across the top, it just says, fuck the police. (laughs) (laughs) That would be Um, awesome. So, yeah. But, um, but that, you know. Uh, so if anyone wants to fund those, I'm starting a Patreon for Fuck the Police Hulk shirts. Uh, anyway, <laughs> no, but Christmas, holy crap. Um, it's Christmas. Rachel went nuts as always. Uh, I'll I'll name a couple of things she snagged for me. This awesome Windjammers hoodie slash shirt. Uh, it says Windjammers across the top. I'll show you guys the back real quick because the back design is really cool. If you can see Ooh. that. Can you see that? Yep. That is awesome. That's cool. Wind jammers. Anyway, and it's on a Monaguchi hoodie or beanie. But um, no, the wind jammers things from Fan Gamer, and they do basically what I wish the Sega shop would do with like subtle shirts and stuff, rather than mm. box art on the front, you know. Um, and uh, but the other, some other big stuff. I got this cool little Dreamcast uh, pillow oh, of the console so and the controller. Oh, um, so lucky. Man. Which is really fun and like a fun semi practical, but you know, that's fun to have like in the background for streaming stuff. Mm. Speaking of Dreamcast, I got an indie game called Flea. <gasps> it's like Meat Boy esque. Um, good luck yeah. getting this. Literally bought it through Etsy. I've got number 57 of 200. Uh, I saw that. But it's saw, a, yeah. Mm. Yeah, they put it out on NES as well. It's a fun little thing. Um, yeah, it's just, it's very Meat Boy esque in terms of addiction. And things like that. Um, I don't know if you guys can see Satan's very own uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle mask behind me. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. So, it's been a weird year. And recently, I brought to Corey's world, uh, Tornado Jones on our staff, the coming out of their shells, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells tour when they briefly were rock stars um, with the mega hit Pizza Power. Uh and that sort of stemmed from a thing we did in a Megavisions magazine between Antichrist and myself debating Turtles in Time versus uh, the other one, Hyperstone Heist. Anyway, they released, NECA released those insane action figures of the Coming Out of Their Shells tour. For some reason, it's called Mutagen, Musical Mutagen Tour. Um, these things were a hot commodity in Target. This is like a fake track listing. For listeners, I'm holding up a giant oddly shaped box that has a cutout mask and party like a turtle thing on the back and like all the turtles on the other side holding a guitar um these these track lists this track listing is great if you guys want to read a couple of them here i'll just say one of them is called foot la ooze um there's uh we built this technodrome such classics (laughs) they're all bad they're not real songs because they're not even on the actual thing like um, so for those that don't know, for some reason, the Ninja Turtles were rock stars for like a solid year sponsored by Pizza Hut. Um, we totally blasted the cassette with pizza power a thousand times over. Um, and my mom loved that in the car. So this is the incredibly detailed NECA action figures oh, wow. that were released for, I don't know if you guys can still hear me. I'm behind a box. Um, yeah. but she got them. She found him. Wow. Damn it, my mic's in the way. Hold on, let me rip one of these guys out of the box. So, they come with... Oh, god damn it. <laughs> Got it, him. okay. He's gonna break. Yeah, I already tore the box a couple of times. So, they come with... Um, 
instruments and fake like things they put on their faces to look like kiss uh they are <sighs> incredibly detailed um ah he can open oh, wow. his mouth you can see his tongue and his tonsils the jacket is an actual jacket with like their tour poster on the back uh wow. they have leg warmers made of cloth it's all insane and it's all scary and awesome and I own these now because I'm a 35 year old adult that owns action figures. Um, this is Should actually my them? first NECA thing. I don't know if you guys own anything by NECA, but they do super detailed figures and figurines. Sure, that wasn't a belated Halloween gift. Uh, <laughs> oh, because of the mask? Sure. I mean, it's the whole thing is frightening. Yes, it is. Oh, his feet are not straight. Oh, it's, oh no, his shoes coming off. Um. Anyway. That's a pretty big deal because we also had a friend at Target try to get one for me, and she told us the story of when she was stocking shelves and putting them on the shelf. Like, there were literally men kind of circling nearby to basically grab those things. So she did not get me one because she was frightened for her life. Um, (laughs) And, you know... If I didn't have them now, I might still be mad about the fact that she was literally holding one of these things that scalpers love to throw online and shit like that. Um, But that's fine. That's not even the best thing I got, guys. Are you ready for my favorite gift? I just got really loud. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Are we? Are we? Yes, I am. Let's do it. Great. Uh, So (laughs) Rachel is very artistic, and every year she makes me something. The other, uh, another, I had them sitting up here, but she previously drew... I'll just show it. I'll just grab it. This is on a drum head from my favorite comic of Mecha Knuckles punching Mecha Sonic in the goddamn face, and it says Splang on it. That's an uppercut. She did a shadow box of Bomberman. She made this little guy also from the uh, shortly-lived Japanese commercial of Sonic uh, rolling around on a hood of a car. Um, I forget what game it's for. I want to say Spinball, but I might be totally wrong. Um, that is so really, she's artistically okay. talented. Okay. What's that, Graham? Yeah. I, 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 no, 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 it's okay. I, just, I, was just, I have no idea what you're talking about, Sonic rolling on a car or something. Never mind. That's okay. You can look it up later. I'll post yes, a absolutely. trailer to it in a break or something. So um, I am not just a fan of Sonic, despite all the Sonic things I just showed off. I really love Resident Evil. And one of the coolest things, and I've talked about this and totally stealing a tattoo idea, even from my friend Josh Newey, who... As a big Resident Evil fan, in the first Resident Evil game, you use typewriters to save in the first couple of things. You read journal entries to kind of get your story or get the story, the background and stuff. One of the entries, one of the first entries you read is of one of the scientists that live in the Spencer Estate Mansion. And it's basically his descent into madness as he's turning into a zombie to the point of like uh, fleshed out entries to uh, uh, suddenly like, man, i have a temperature um there's a piece of rotting flesh some of the coolest parts of that game i love that yeah i think it it it, because this is a time when you had like polygonal characters looking a little wonky in 3d that Mm -hmm. you couldn't really rely on them telling a story of with their no facial expressions and talking with their fist block hands and stuff so Mm -hmm. you would read a lot of the entries and things like that um and this is the kind of the first one you encounter so it's it's pretty impactful with the story but it goes from like um, played poker with whoever tonight. Uh, they won't let us leave the estate now for some reason. Couldn't even call, use a phone or whatever to, man, I have a fever suddenly. A guy rushed in and gave me a hazmat suit to wear and said, I can't take this off till they tell me to. And then, like, uh, headache bad, fever high, uh, 
lump of skin suddenly collected on my leg and then it fell off. What's going on? Then like, um, no need for suit anymore, going back to work. And then <laughs> one entry is like, Todd walked into room. Uh, he, he looked something, so I ate his face. And then the last entry of the whole journal is just four, itchy, tasty. And you're like, oh, this guy is gone, and I just killed him probably. <laughs> so Rachel took that and ran with it and painted me this insane picture. Um, I posted it on my social medias already, but it is a typewriter. It's one of the old-fashioned typewriters with uh, red and blue leaves of the herbs that you use in the game on the left and right side of it, and there's a big old ink ribbon below it, which is what you use to save. And then up at the top, it's like a halo created of the green herbs, and then there's a... Ah, I hit my mic. There's a <laughs> note coming out of the typewriter that just says oh. four, itchy, tasty. Nice. Um, that is actually really so cool. she doesn't think it turned out great. I told her she's insane and that she could fucking <laughs> sell this shit. Like she should start making, because nerds would buy this. Am I right? Yeah, yeah that's actually awesome. yeah. really, yeah. really. That is cool. Really nice. So, yeah, and it's in a frame and she did it like an old timey paper, tried to fade it to make it look a little yellowing and stuff. Yeah. Um. I even told her, like, I started to almost cry when I was looking at this because it's just nuts. I even told her, I'm like, that might make a cool tattoo, which made her feel very weird that I would get her art tattooed on my body. But I, I think that I would be know. an awesome tattoo, definitely. Yeah. 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 So, and she didn't even mean for it to, like, the, the green herb going over the top, she didn't even mean for it to look like a halo, but it's appropriate since that's the healing stuff in the games. <laughs> so, <laughs> save your life and all, but... Yeah. That's, <sighs> that's the the big gift that i got so there you go guys uh, yeah nice nice christmas Excellent. is saved christmas is saved and uh i guess okay yeah so moving on anti-chris so how, how i've been, been doing? i'm good i've been yeah. described as the most difficult person to shop for because i just buy everything when it comes out so there wasn't really yeah you have to think a little bit outside the box or like not video game related in order to like get me something or excite me about something. Um, the the only thing that was really notable is I got a copy of the, the latest Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition manual, Tasha's guide to everything, uh, which is pretty cool. We haven't done any like tabletop gaming in about six or seven months. And people were talking about possibly doing some discord runs. So, but that was dope. Uh, gifts for myself. I mean, the winter sale just recently popped off, so I picked up uh, Pure Solar. I picked up. Oh, uh, nice. I got bullied, bullied into buying Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle for the PC <laughs> because all my friends in our little fighting game community was just like, "Yo, we should play BB Tag," and I'm like, "No, no, we should not." It's like, "No, totally get it." So I ended up picking that up. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 Windows Edition, because uh, I haven't played the additional episodes. Um, and then the Castlevania Collection. So I'm going to be doing a, uh, a run-through of those. My, my, my Christmas is very, very simple. Uh, and, and I'm getting a recliner later on today. So that's, nice. that's about Good the extent of, uh, of my Christmas. <laughs> I just did a lot of cooking. Uh, I got a 10-pound brisket. I made you know a big old pot of borscht. I did a, a big old ham. I make these like these chicken turnovers. That's about the extent of my Christmas. Just buying stupid shit on Steam and cooking. D- end of spiel, really. 
Uh, is a 10 pound brisket also the name of your dark metal side product? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. W- which version of PSLR did you get? What was that? Which version of PSLR did you get? Oh, PSLR, uh, the Steam version. I was thinking about okay. getting um, the Genesis version. I have not been able to find that online. Right. Like, exactly. I know it exists, but it's. It's essentially a 10-year-old game. I don't remember when the, yeah. the Genesis cart came out. And I even heard things that the Genesis version does not run or function properly, certain cartridges, because they had oh. to change the emulation on the the ROM boards. So uh, it's hit and miss. Oh, that, hmm. that's annoying. That was partially, that kind of relates to why it took so long for the Panzer Dragoon Switch version to come out, Graham, that you and I, uh, okay. I think Powell also got the Classic Edition because um, they wanted to put out the most updated patched version on a cartridge so it wouldn't need to update. So I don't know. Maybe right. they did the Genesis version a little too early. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, cool. Um, right. Yeah, well, Chris, normal Chris, I guess. So, um, uh, how have you been? How's your Christmas been? Oh, sorry, Scotty, did you have something else to add? This is not going to work. <laughs> Uh-oh, you guys lagged you just- out. You froze, you froze for me. Sorry. Was that Scotty? Uh, I said, uh, before we go much further, why don't we keep this as anti and pow, because there's two Chris's. Nice. Okay. Pow. Touchdown. Pow. Uh, so Mackenzie flew up here. So this was like the first Christmas we've had with all the kids together. Uh, for a few years, so that was really awesome. So we're really nice. excited about that. So having all the kids together for Christmas here was was pretty awesome. Is I guess the best we could do uh, with what we had to work with this Christmas, right? So um, that was awesome. Uh, so she's still here. She's going to be here through. Uh, uh, I think she goes back the second or third of January. So she's got another week or so with us. So we're doing some fun stuff. Um, I ended up getting a new car, which is pretty cool. Uh, mm. I finally traded in my my Chevy Tahoe, which Graham you drove in way back in the day. Remember, we drove mm-hmm. up to um, we we used that to drive up to uh, to Boston for yeah, Patsy. Oh. yeah. And then we and all brought it to the marathon, and I was like, perfect. We'll definitely fit that in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> um. Did I bring? Did I bring? No, I thought I brought my truck. I brought my uh, my dog. Oh, Ram uh, it was a truck. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, he, yeah. Brought, he brought the Ram. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Two different cars. Uh, so the Dodge is the truck. Uh, my Chevy Tahoe is like a big, kind of like a, a suburban, like a big SUV. Oh, that's I've the had, thing. It had a busted MP3 or like audio connection, didn't it, or something? I remember, like, we were listening to music and going oh, into yeah, too many yeah, games, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. literally just threw your cell phone speaker. The, <laughs> it was the, no, the input, the aux input thing yeah. was, like, it was all funky. So, anyway, I finally got rid of that thing. It had, I think it had close to 220,000 miles on it when I traded it in. Damn. Jamie did not think I was going to get any money for it. I got three thousand dollars for that son of a bitch. Holy crap! <laughs> I was like, I was like, I bet you I'm going to get money for this. Hell yeah, I did. <laughs> Uh, so I ended up uh, getting a uh, Dodge Challenger, which is a, oh, something I've been looking at for a long time. Nice. Um, it's pretty sweet. Uh, so I ended up getting that. Uh, one of my favorite gifts that I got for Christmas is this uh, Razer gaming uh, mouse. Uh, oh. Odin got this for me, and he used his own money for it that he saved up for. I'm so proud of him. 
uh, is just like super special because he thought like because I got this awesome uh, like LED keyboard uh, when I was at PAX East earlier this year, but I still had my old like gray Logitech mouse. And Odin's like, Dad, you you like your setup is all is yeah, this one? <laughs> the same one, the same one. That exactly it. Go to like Office Max $15 mouse. So this one has like LEDs you can program in it and stuff. I'm not going to mess with that. So he'll probably be the one. I think he kind of bought it secretly for him because he wanted to use it. Um, So that was really cute though. Like I I, I really, I thought that was just a sweet gift. Um, I ended up getting Paprium in uh, the mail. Look at that. uh, Okay. So Paprium, this is the uh, watermelon um, game uh, developed. The, so the the dude that made Pure Solar made this. It's a yeah. like a street to rage style beat 'em up. Uh, it's been in development for a long time. It's it, just like Pure Solar, exactly. Um, I think though <laughs> this one might have just had more. I think issues in development. I mean, essentially the whole development team ended up walking away or was fired or let go. And so it, there's just so much just controversy surrounding this mm. game. I. Personally, just didn't think it was ever going to happen. I didn't think it was ever going to be released. Um, Luis, uh, one of our artists in the magazine, did the art. So this is all his his work. He was the art director in the game. Uh, so a lot of the, the the sprites and stuff that you see in the game are all based on his work. Uh, so from a visual standpoint, this is one of the coolest looking uh, Genesis games I've ever seen. There's so much style to it. I've not opened this up yet. I don't know if I'm going to open it. Up. I'm not sure. Um, How are you going to play it? You I know. Play? I don't know. If I don't know if there's ROMs <laughs> that like I can buy off their site or something. Because um, I want to keep it in this, but I want to play it too. Um, I've heard that there are some issues uh, with the game. Um, that it's they're apparently it only runs on like v- like original hardware and like certain original hardware at that. Uh, and a lot of like the clone consoles and stuff won't run it, mm-hmm. and so uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people are not very happy with the compatibility. Um, well, that's a stuff. that's a common thing. So, yeah. like w- owners of like Retron Fives and Retron Freaks or Retro Freaks, right? Um, what ends up happening is that some of those, um, I guess you could say, like repro carts. That's because that's essentially what it is. They're not original boards for the Genesis. Uh, they run off of Android architecture, and that is not always um, recognizable by the original oh. by um, clone consoles. What it's about the analog one? The, the analog is FPGA. Yeah. So if it's uh, more than likely, it'll read just about everything because you could just you could just put any any cartridge yeah, into right. that, and it'll normally read it. Should I yeah. open this up right now? Do it. <gasps> sure. Can we do it? Live okay. unboxing! That, We're doing uh, it. We're doing it. I unboxed Entitled Goose Game last couple of weeks ago. So oh, man. You opened up a a chip. <laughs> <laughs> Literally all that's in there. Look, this or, is what like the, a... uh, the actual game. It comes in this like, vacuum seal. Wow. Uh, that's crazy. Well, the card itself is like purple. It's, really, it's, wow. a, it's a really cool nice. color. Untouched they by human hands. As hard as possible for you to open that shit up. Yeah, and the um, it's it looks like it's in a Genesis case, but it's actually not. It's a it's a it's cardboard. Oh, uh, faked it, faked us out. Yeah, um, take it till you make it. Yeah, I didn't get the. There's some founders editions and stuff on there uh, that you see on on YouTube if you like look for Paprium. That's where a lot of people are getting. 
I didn't get that. I don't know how. I, I don't know what you'd had to do to get that um, or whatever. But it's it's really neat, man. There's a lot of cool stuff to it. The packaging is really cool. I don't even remember how much I paid for this thing, to be honest with you. Um, it's so long ago that I bought it. Uh, but I definitely want to play it, and I'd like to figure out a way for us to stream this uh, this uh, <coughs> week or so. Um, I think that'd be fun. Uh, so outside of that, uh, I also got uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit uh, 4K extended uh, Blu-ray set. So beautiful. There's extended more. <laughs> well, it's, it's the extended <laughs> versions. I actually think um, there might be some new footage in some of them. Oh my um, god. That's but crazy. The big thing, though, it's the 4K remasters. Uh, so this is like the highest resolution they've ever been in. Um, but I told Jamie that I'm not going to watch them until I upgrade my TV. Uh, because <laughs> I've got this old-ass Vizio that's like starting to crap out. It's like flickering in the corners and shit. Like you can see the LED lights through the screen. That's and fun. I'm waiting on uh, the Sony Bravia um, X90 or X900H uh, because that one is the one will that's able to do the uh, like the PlayStation Five like the 4K what uh, like 60 frames per second or 120 frames whatever that is anyway so that's what I'm waiting to get and I just feel like that's the experience I need to have when I watch those movies because those right. movies mean a lot to me. Um, so those are like the big uh, things that I got. Uh, I got a lot of other smaller things. Uh, it was an awesome Christmas. Uh, all the kids got some cool stuff that excited them. And so at this point, that's what really I enjoy most about Christmas is just trying to, you know, give things to my loved ones, I guess, uh, you know, and, and make them happy, you know. So that's that's what that's what I get out of Christmas. But it's awesome. Uh, Jamie spoils me every year, you know, because it's also like around my birthday. So. Uh, she makes sure to give me birthday gifts and things like that. So it was awesome, man. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So good stuff That's here. That's cool, man. Um, I heard that those Lord of the Rings, the new version, <laughs> the, the 4K versions, people have sort of complained about it because it's kind of lost something. Like, because uh, they're a lot sharper probably. and stuff. Like some of the special effects that used to have this cool, kind of cool old school looking effect to them. Like they, it felt like you were kind of watching a medieval movie, obviously. They're kind of because it's so sharp now the colors have changed and it's just not interesting as, hmm. it's not some people say it's not doesn't look as good like doesn't look as authentic like i kind of guess, do you like, know that like how a vinyl I, sounds really authentic you know you know there's, a, there's something about a vinyl this is vinyl compared to like a cd for example that's right. that's how they compared it but visually so i but, saw it in an article with uh, peter jackson he did say that he did he he was watching one of the the, the old movies and he noticed that there was like some inconsistencies with like coloring throughout like scenes and stuff like that okay and so that was one of the things he wanted to go back and fix with the 4k is throughout the films and so hmm. like a lot of the color consistencies should be fixed in those so i, okay. I don't know i have not watched them yet like i said um hmm. it will be interesting to see um regardless i i've watched the blu-ray ones i countless times we've worn them <laughs> out so we definitely need some new ones um <clears throat> that's cool. If I could hop on the end of the Paprium discussion, apparently they announced a new game, Watermelon. Oh, really? Uh, it's coded, it's entitled right now AM96. Uh, it says here it's another side-scroller designed for Sega's 16-bit console, but apparently it's going to be $169 for the standard version and $229 for a limited edition, so I have no idea what that entails. 
Well, um, if, there's a if if it if, mm-hmm. if it is anything like Paprium, I would I would be willing to bet it's probably going to come with some crazy packaging and and things like that. And maybe that's kind of what they want to do is like just release maybe. like super high end, uh, you know, kind of collectors editions with with their stuff. I, I don't know what their kind of business plan is going forward with their future releases. That's interesting. I don't know. I posted to you guys. I, I shared the teaser site with you guys in the Discord chat there, oh. and there is nothing. It's basically twenty questions, but not really answering anything about the game other than it is a brawler. Uh, and is it going to be fun? Yes. Yeah. It says, "What is the Speed Dialer edition about?" This edition comes in a disruptive format, so exclusive. It Sega sexes us thinking about it. What? But they're Tower of Doom, Sweat, Fear, and Shivers, or is it Pure Joy? I don't know. But yeah, that's just watermelon news, I guess. So there you go. Nice. Nice. That's all I got. What about you, Graham? Yo, well, I just spilled beer all over my carpet. So when we have our first break, I'm going to clean that up. Um, (laughs) So uh, yeah, um, just a couple of things. Scotty, those pillows that you got, the cushions. I was dropping hints when those were sort of first announced and first released to be like, I'd love these sort of thing to the point. I was like, I would like you to buy these for me to people. I didn't get a single one. Bust. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm a bit like, I'm a bit like anti Chris in that throughout the year, if something cool comes out, I will buy it for myself. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. And then when it gets to Christmas and birthday, exactly my birthday in December and stuff. Um, oh, happy birthday to Chris as well. Uh, Powell, even. Happy birthday to Powell. Sorry. It was Thank your you birthday buddy. the other day. Yeah, happy yeah. Thank you. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I often buy lots of stuff. So when this, when when those percussions came out, I was like, I am going to hold off buying these because these will be a great Christmas present for people to get me. No. <laughs> Apparently so, not. Scotty, Scotty, Graham is telling you now he wants those as a gift. Yes, please. Uh, the controller sold out, so you can still get the Dreamcast itself, which is probably a more practical pillow. The yeah, like controller is like a kind of a beanbaggy type thing. Hmm. They all look um, just so cool. I just like to have. I'd like you. I'd like to have them in the background. I've got kind of got a sofa in this room that if I would play games, mm-hmm. I can sit chill out. I've got some Harry Potter style cushions, which are kind of cool, but they weren't actually mine. They're That's not tapes, a Dreamcast. But it's not a Dreamcast, is it? Let's face it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, um, so. Myself, just very quick update from last week. Uh, my Finally, my Arcade Racing Legends review is out. I didn't do the video one because I just ran out of time. I couldn't do it. So it's on the website just as a written review at the moment. So check that out if you're interested in Arcade Racing Legends for the Dreamcast. And um, so Christmas happened. Uh, I did many virtual calls with family because where I'm in the UK, we're in something called Tier 4. Uh, which Chris, I don't know if you remember Chris last time you were on the show, you were joking about me going into tier four because we we're in tier three, which was the highest tier in the UK. I told you it was going to happen, Graham. And then they're like, we're going to make a tier four now, which is basically lockdown. Like all the shops and stuff are shut again. And just wait not- till tier five, Graham. Cause it's oh, God damn. <laughs> well, tier four <laughs> canceled <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> like tier, tier six, the tier six, the cover of Rush's album, moving pictures. <laughs> Harvey Birdman joke for those that are stuck in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so christmas was basically cancelled for a lot of people in the uk because uh boris johnson our, our fearless leader and or twat depending on how you see him <laughs> um, he um he basically went yeah so you were going to be able to meet up over like a few days for christmas but now no you can't you could not travel outside your area so yeah so virtual calls with family that was fun 
uh, been watching way too many Netflix movies. Um, like I didn't realize how many Christmas Netflix movies there are. Like Netflix seems to be and the new how Hallmark. many suck. Oh, it's like yeah. a whole fucking Hallmark like yes, streaming yes. service right yeah. now. Netflix is the yeah. new Hallmark. That's that's literally yeah. That's what I've got in my uh, notes there. They are the new Hallmark. Uh, I watched some of them that I watched. Oh, nice. I'm like, this is fine. This is kind of nice a fa- nice family thing. I fully know what's going to happen, but that's kind of the joy of some of these movies. Some of them were pretty terrible. There's there's a Dolly Parton one, and I love a bit of Dolly Parton, but there's this one was just not good. I was just like sitting there going, I I can't. I I like to watch even if I'm not enjoying a movie. I tried to finish it. I did not finish this. I was about half an hour in. I was like, I've got to stop this. This is so bad. You are um, no longer welcomed in the United States of America. If you I'm don't sorry. Like Dolly I love Dolly Parton though. No, I love, I love some other movies, that. but this one, <laughs> it's, it's fine. Just don't go in the, into the Midwest. That's just what the issue is. I will raise my Dolly flag for that, for that one movie. No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> And one movie which I watched recently, though, which is not Christmas related, but I feel that Powell, and maybe some of the other guys might enjoy, um, is called Fighting With My Family. Have you have you heard or seen of this movie at all? Uh, I have not seen it or heard about it. So, I think. so yep. it's got the it's got the rock in it, and on the on the posters it's got the rock, and it's got like, this girl like in a in a, a wrestling ring and stuff. And I thought it was like an American kind of wrestling movie. Oh, rock. yes, but oh. it's actually. British. It's like mostly mm-hmm. British. Um, it's about. It's actually based on a true story, which I didn't realize until the very, very end of the movie, when there's something comes up at the end, sort of saying about how certain things happened. And basically, it's about this girl who grew up with her family, like kind of semi-professional wrestlers in the UK, and she, she her and her brother, sort of kind of get picked to go to try out for WWE in America. Uh, the brother yeah. doesn't get picked, basically, but she does, and she goes on to become an actual wrestler in WWE. Yeah, her name's Paige. Yes, exactly. There you go. Yeah. And I was like, this is, I really enjoyed it. It's it's kind of done in a comedy way. It's, um, I think some scenes in it, like, it's all loosely based on the true story and the true events, but some of the, some of the things that happened, it obviously didn't really happen. The rock pops up in it quite a few times. He's like got a semi cameo appearance. He's got quite a lot of speaking roles in it. And he produced, helped produce the movie and stuff, but it's actually, really enjoyable so uh kind of a fun fan uh, who plays her dad um it's nick frost so if you're yeah. fans of like sean of the dead or hot fuzz and stuff he's he's uh Simon that's awesome. mate, basically yeah um and it's got lena heady in um who is uh cersei from game of thrones and stuff is that, i forget the thing that's her name i always forget the game of thrones characters you know Tyrion lannister's mala yeah anyway yep. um sure. Yeah, uh, Scotty doesn't watch Game of Thrones. Never mind. Uh, have you seen Dread, Scotty? Have you seen Dread? Yeah, she's the bad girl, the bad guy in that, basically. I don't remember. I, I, oh, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, you know, what? I just saw something about speaking of Dread, Graham. I saw that they're looking at coming out with a new TV show, but it's going to have um, Sylvester Stallone and what's his name from Dread. Oh, oh nice. Dread. Yeah, the boys and Star Trek. Yeah, 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 it'll have both of them in there at the same time, like in this new Dread TV show. Oh, that could be which would be so actually. badass. I would dread, dread, actually enjoy that. Into the into the Dread verse, <laughs> the Dreadening, <laughs> the the Dreadinator. Oh, please, Dread harder. <laughs> yep, oh wow, <laughs> it's not it's not Christmas without some pun, puns around about Dread. Right. Anyway, um, so I got a few pickups for Christmas and stuff. Uh, so. One of them I got is um, Star Wars Squadrons, 
which uh, I actually did ask for. It's because I actually enjoy the old sort of, you know, um, Rogue Squadron games and Rogue Leader on the GameCube and stuff. I love those sorts of games. And Squadrons was coming out. I was like, oh, I fancy a fix of, you know, flying around in TIE Fighters and X-Wings and stuff. And eh, it's okay. This game, though, like, forget Cyberpunk 2077. Well, well, don't forget that. But this game is just as... <laughs> This game is just as buggy. Like, seriously, there's so many game-breaking bugs in it. I'm now onto, like, Mission 4 or something, and I've had to restart the game about 20 times or restart from different checkpoints because I get to points in the levels where, like, it says, like, destroy this, and you fly around and you destroy it, or you says kill all the TIE fighters, and, like, you're shooting them down. And then, like, I'm just going around for, like, 10 minutes going, okay, this is taking ages. Nothing's happening, so I just restart from the checkpoint. As soon as I reload the checkpoint, it's like, okay, now go do this. And it's like, for fuck's sake. And there's one time, like, the controls just broke, basically. It came out of, like, a, a little tip thing to say, hey, press this button to do a boost. So I did, and I did the boost, and then the game just, like, broke, and I was just boosting internally into a planet, basically. And it's just like, I can't control the ship anymore. Um, that's crazy. It, that, that's, it, like, the first time I heard about that game having those issues oh this it's so it's it's prevalent like i i have not been able to do a single mission without having to restart at different checkpoints many times it's ridiculous um that's unfortunate yeah i wonder I if it's stuff yeah, like one version or not or if it's certain you know Maybe? specific i don't know um well, the people but, that i know that play that play on pc okay. so i haven't so, i haven't checked out any of the uh the console versions for it but yeah, like, that's I mean, unfortunate because I was thinking about picking up Squadrons as well. Okay, yeah, I, I'm just I'm because this came out months ago. Like I feel like they would have patched it. In fact, they did have an update when I first installed it. So, but yeah, that, that shit I, came out in like mid to late October. Yeah, so um, it's the, but they haven't fixed it at least not the Xbox version. So I don't know if the PlayStation Four version or maybe the Series X version works better. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I just it's 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 fine though in that you can. The good thing is it had lots of automated checkpoints. So you can say reload checkpoint and you're back in the game and you haven't really missed out on too much, but it shouldn't be that way. You should not be playing right. a, a full release game that costs like 50, 60 pounds or whatever. And it keeps doing that. Um, as I say, I'm like onto mission four or something. maybe mission five now, but I've definitely restarted at least 20 times, which is just nuts. Um, yeah. So that was it, 50 pounds out near you. Um, I, I, to be honest, I'm not sure how much it costs right now. I don't know how much they paid for it because it's a Christmas present. But when it first released, okay. it was about fifty pounds. You know, uh, so I want to say it was gone. like forty bucks for us when we got. Oh, it. Okay. that's crazy. I don't, I, I don't know then. Uh, well, anyway, it's a new game, it, but it's yeah. I, I feel it should not be having this many problems, but it's mm-hmm. it's fine. I'm having I'm having some fun with it. The bits of it I don't like that much. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'll explain. I'll explain. Basically, between missions, you go to your a mothership or whatever it's kind of in a first person view and people come up and talk to you but you can't walk around it's like you're you're like in a fixed position and then it sort of says if you want to talk to someone you basically click over there you like move the camera and click on them and then they'll talk to you for a bit and then you could like click on a door and you would suddenly be in the briefing room then you have to click on the briefing table and then you have a briefing for the next mission i'm like this is the most unnecessary thing in the world they could have just had little cutscenes or I don't Nothing care. Even the screen of text, text. I was like, literally gameplay. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's just like, uh, and you can inspect your ship, which is the most pointless thing ever because you basically just look at the ship from different angles. You're like, oh, there's a ship. There's a ship. I can go in the cockpit of the ship. 
not do anything there or touch the ship or anything or like do change the ship. It's just looking at the ship. I'm like, great, you've made a 3D model of a ship. Uh, okay, without a photo mode. Again, yes, precisely. Scotty knows what's happening right now. Yes, <laughs> I'm a bitch. I know what they're trying to do. Yeah, it's, so yeah, that, those bits of the game, I'm just like, you're you're kind of wasting my time with all this shit. Like, I, I yeah, just move along. Anyway, so other than that, I'll move along from that. Um, another thing I picked up, as Scotty sort of mentioned earlier, is Hands of Dragoon on the Switch. Uh, the limited run games, a classic edition has come out and I got it. So it's kind of in a, I guess, the American style Sega Saturn case, because we didn't get cases like this over here. Um, it's cool, though. I like the look of it. I have not unopened it, though. So What did yeah, your Saturn I, cases look like again? They're just I, regular jewel cases. Aren't they? Oh, no, 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 no. They're no? not jewel cases. No, no. I'll show you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. He's excited. Here to drop shit out of me. Uh, I mean, I'm jealous of their Dreamcast cases. The Dreamcast jewel cases they got were heftier. Um, they hated those, though, right? I don't. I don't know. Uh, I wish that we had bumper cases. The one, the the Panzer Dragoon, and the they've done some Sega CD games. Actually, they are better quality jewel cases than the actual old school original ones. I will say. So over here we had two versions, two two style cases. This is a cardboard. What is cardboard and plastic? So the front and everything around it is actually cardboard. But the oh shit. Oh no, the game just fell out. That's all good. The interior bits are plastic, but it's kind of like cardboard. It's like a straight up VHS box. <laughs> it, it's, I, it's. I was going to go with like thinner. if the Mega Drive boxes in the United States, the the plastic ones were like cut in half. That's what that looks like. Hmm. Yeah, well, it had two circles for where the discs go, but it looked like that would be where the the tape goes for the. Mm-hmm. For VHS. Oh, wow. This is actually coming apart. The glue that holds the uh, cardboard on this one is coming apart. But they then they then thought this is shit. Let's make some better cases. So we've actually got some good ones. Now this is fully plastic. It's like a DVD case, basically. It's not. It's a bit different to a DVD case, but um, I don't have the manual in this. Is that fighting vipers too? No, it's Dragon Force, sir. Get that out of my face. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, this is fully. This is fully um, plastic with like a plastic cover with a bit of a cardboard, like a paper sleeve inside. So, yeah, those are the cases yeah. in, in, of the Saturn in, in the UK. The other one you showed us to, to clarify how the box art is, it's essentially a sticker on the surface of the case. So once that starts going, it just looks mm-hmm. like garbage. Yeah. yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and then one other thing I picked up. Um, because I completely forgot I ordered it because I ordered it months ago back in like June or something or July it's the Astro City Mini Arcade woo, woo. so yeah. yeah if you guys don't know about this it's um, there's, a, there's the actual box for, you, for everyone to look at it's the mini version of Sega's Astro City Arcade Cabinet which is a big thing in Japan and it comes with 37 games built in which um Everybody who's reported about this has been saying 36 games are in it, but I actually went through the whole list and it is actually 37, and it even says 37 on the front. So, interesting. special edition, Graham. Maybe I did. Maybe I did. But uh, yeah, I'm actually really impressed with this. So, like, I feel like they've done themselves justice compared to like the Game Gear Micro. Um, this is <laughs> this is actually really cool. It doesn't have too many extra features that you have over like some things but you've got like state saves and stuff um but other than that you can, you can play two play you can plug it into tv so the features aren't super amazing but the quality of the games is really good 
And was that internally like, developed uh, by Sega? Or was that M2 who did the, who, who uh, actually like manufactured did the, like the software side of it? Box. I have no. It does I, say Sega I, Toys on it, so assume. Yeah. I just wonder if, if who who ended up making it, but no, that's cool. Yeah. I'm 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 super happy that I I got one too, Graham. But uh, oh, cool. I don't like I said. I don't know if I'm going to open it up and play it. Uh, okay. Yeah, your mind if you don't. Does does that have a HDMI support? Like it I does can indeed. Just yeah. Okay, does it? Because TJ showed off the Astro shitty. Uh, that shitty <laughs> Astro <laughs> shitty. Um, what is it? The Astro City uh, arcade stick, which I am super oh, yeah. envious of. That thing looks yeah. so clean. And I was yeah. wondering, can you hook up an, uh, a fight stick to it? Um, to this, well, it, it does have USB support, and uh, I've got the Astro City control pad that came with it, and I know you can plug that, that mm-hmm. arcade stick in. I've got a thing that does, it does also support other USB controllers as well. So... It- I'm seeing yeah. a USB cable, but I don't know if that's going to be considered its power cord because some of them use USB now to to charge their their yeah, port. This, but I mean, it's right in front of you. <laughs> well, this this that's a micro USB um, power connection. Okay, 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 micro USB power six. connection, but it's got two normal USBs for plugging controllers. Sweet. So that you can you can play two player arcade games on it. Um, yeah, plug it in and stuff. Plug it into the tv um the actual play playing on the actual thing is actually quite good as well it's pretty fun and i've got my i've got my neo geo mini as well next to it if you want to see a comparison side by side um very quickly boxing sorry what or we could just watch your unboxing you're you're, oh yes freaking thing that's true i do have an unboxing video where i do also do this as well so there you go very quickly look at that there you go now watch my unboxing video um, <laughs> they also came out with a player two variant for the joystick and controllers where instead of neon green buttons, it has neon pink. Um, so more effort and time went into this than the GG micros. I will tell you that. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Did, did you get one as well, Scotty? One of these? Or... Nope. The oh, GG okay. micros have, have sullied me. <laughs> oh dear. Well, um, I'd say it's worth it. Cause I think they're actually now available to purchase just as standard from, um, sites somewhere. I think <laughs> so. I just took a deep breath and like choked. I would sooner mod my Genesis mini than get one of those probably. Oh, really? Uh, I don't oh, I mean, why not? Like it's already hooked <laughs> up to the TV. So fair enough. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking these are cool, but, uh, yes, yeah, so if you're into like the mini arcade games, there's a quite a few cool arcade games on there as well, which I never even played before. So yeah, it looks yeah. cool. If it like dropped in price significantly, I would grab one. Cause I do, I do really like the looks of those. Mm. And it's always fun to see those at different conventions. Cause they stand out the white candy cabs and everything. Mm. Uh, so yeah. but, oh, is it like just over, like, is it 150 or something? I forget. It's 120. Right oh, what was that? Sorry. It's one fifty dollars. It's like one twenty oh, pounds. Oh, so okay. Gotcha. So when when it, when yeah. this was available for pre order, it's like ninety pounds and one hundred and twenty dollars. That's crazy. It's, actually, it's gone up in price. Wow. Because that's why I paid for. I paid about ninety pounds for it. Um, although I would honestly ship, maybe get shipping controllers to use on my computer or something, though that'd be cool. Or like Chris mm. is thinking, anti is thinking about the the arcade stick. I'm, I'm looking yeah. at it right now. This thing is like two hundred bucks. Well, you can't just get one. You got to get the green and the pink. <laughs> don't mm-hmm. don't test my my will. I'll fucking do it. 
His and her sticks. Oh, man. Put it on the wall with all my other fight sticks that I have. Yeah. I want it, since we're talking about thing like bonus stuff like how there's the pink and the green and whatever um i forgot to mention even though i have them in front of me along with the um turtles ninja turtles coming out of their shells thing rachel got me the bonus thing that comes with guitar picks that are that look like pizza slices and are fake signed by the turtles but the coolest thing is also this vip pass but they have they made up a concert ticket for the event that's oh wow so it's just silly but really fun little bonus things so yeah i don't know yeah that's so cool. They're pointless, but those things are, I like those little nice touches they do for those sort of things. Really what up, cool. TJ? Oh, he says, yeah, they've gone up in price suddenly, low supply. He's talking about them sticks. Oh, uh, yeah. Arcade shitty players. <laughs> arcade <laughs> shitty. The arcade <laughs> shitty arcade stick. Wow. Astro yeah. shitty. That's what it was. <laughs> so that's our Christmas. And uh, has anyone got any questions or thoughts relating to any of those things at all? Any final, final things to say? Nope. Other things uh-huh. are shaking heads there. Fantastic. Here it is where you ask us stuff and we answer it. Hooray. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. So Anti Chris has just had to drop off briefly, uh, but we are back live and we are now moving on to our next segment, which is Scotty Moe. Mail sack of wonder. Scoot knuckles over there. Um, Okay, let. Yep, wasn't. I'm clearly. Yep, and uh, here it is. We ask us stuff, and we answer it. Hooray! Uh, That was the mail sack theme song. Changes every week. Um, So, (laughs) YouTube, nothing. Um, are we just skipping the feedback form? Do we not have anything pretty much? We have nothing from the feedback form, so I didn't even bother to introduce that. So, all right, cool. Yeah. Fuck them on Twitter. Uh, overall, we asked, um, what are your overall picks of the year and what do you hope 2021 brings in the video game world? What are yours for both? Uh, on Twitter, Shadow1W2 said, more Sega, but I say that every year, hoping the indie scene has some strong releases, which. Nice. Watermelon's got anything to say about it, maybe that'll already be out there. Who knows? Um Yeah, do you guys have any indie indie predictions, indie things you hope are gonna happen? Um I I'm gonna save that for our discussion later, actually. So okay, I've got, yeah. I'll give a shout out to hopefully Windjammers 2 happening sooner than later. Because um, they just announced like uh, that that was going to be delayed, right? Yeah, it was delayed. Uh, they announced rollback, they announced a few other things on it, but they're hey, expecting I think we can all agree, Q1. Right? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. They're, I think they were saying something like they were expecting Q1, Q2, mm. uh, 21. Right on. Um, and then in Discord, Zelly.com or Mr. Dr. Dizzle says, For the games in 2021, I'm really hoping that Balan Wonderland is a great game. I think my favorite game for 2020 was Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ooh, uh, okay. And... Excuse me, Ichabod Brain attaches to that saying, yo, Balan Wonderland is going to be dope. Uh, I'm hoping so. For those that might yeah. have missed out on that, uh, Yuji Naka, that's yeah, Yuji Naka's game with Square Enix, um, with a character that looks very similar to Knights. Um, some sort of platformer thing, that's really all we know is that's platforming and multiple power-ups as you go. Um, and then Mr. Haru says, Doom Eternal and Final Fantasy VII Remake both tie for my game of the year for myself. 
I have no hopes as of yet for 2021. I don't think he means to sound as uh, depressing as it does. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He says Doom Eternal, though, because I thought he had he his chord was struck like mine was at one point with that game i thought but he he's recently gone back into it and like he still has like that love-hate relationship but he really appreciates it like he he went through all of the dlc like he completed it and he was just like it's like smashing my face against a wall but i enjoyed every single (laughs) like impact that went with it so i mean like i i feel it it's kind of like dark souls dark souls is the kind of game where it's just like you're going to get fucked. You're going to get <laughs> fucked multiple different ways, but I mean, like, some people are just into it, yo. That, um, that is why I hated it. I <laughs> hated Doom Eternal. I only finished that game because it was a $60 digital purchase I could not return. Otherwise, right. fuck that game. You're they, going to get your money's worth. Wow. I guess I... I wanted to make a comment on Balan Wonderland. I really don't have that many high hopes for that game. Oh, really? Uh, well, to be honest, like Yuji Naka's career towards the tail end of, of with Sonic Team was not great. Then no he one went really on. Wants to admit that. Yeah, no, Yuji Naka. Like, you, they, people have like rose tinted glasses when it comes to talking about Yuji Naka because he was like the godfather of Sonic the Hedgehog, no matter how controversial that may sound. But like when you look at Yuji Naka's career towards the tail end of Sonic Team, he was there for the last game he did, I believe, was Sonic Riders, and that game was okay. But before that, you had Shadow the Hedgehog, you had uh, Sonic Heroes, you had like a lot of these swing and misses that he was throwing out there. He leaves Sonic Team to go do like um I forget what company he was he was working with. Was he was Pro? doing like phone apps. Pro. Pro. Yeah. Pro. Yeah. So he went on to go do that and failed. Didn't do that well. And then gets picked up by Square Enix and does some like production work. And this is like his last like stand, so to say. To, to somehow still make an impact and retain his legacy. And I just don't see it happening because he's just doing more of the same that he's already done. Hmm. Let me let me make a knights like game. That game looks like Billy Hatcher and the giant egg. And This is a great game. You are the only <laughs> man <laughs> to say that. It's a great game. Oh man. But you want that game in twenty twenty though, Graham. Or yes, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, do you want oh. a Knights uh, and the Giant Egg Wonderland <laughs> in 2021, dude? This is, is that what you gen- really want? I have genuinely been craving for a good, solid platform puzzle game like Billy Hatcher in 20. You are not going to find it out of Yuji Naka, man. <laughs> I I don't think he's going to pull it off. Oh, no. um, well, are you telling me that you are not a fan of the family-friendly hit for the Wii console? Let's tap. We got a Yuji Naka stand. That's just, that's just what it is. Okay, uh, Let's Tap was was a very mediocre game. I think I gave it an average score on Sega Nerds back in the day. But uh, yeah, that was the thing. Red Day of the Sky Soldier is good. I don't know what else Prope did. Uh, mm. Ivy the Kiwi, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's... I well, I, well, Not that version. Not that version at all. I, <laughs> Do not buy that version. Um, anyway, Spotty convinced me to uh, buy that version. I will put in Yuji Naka's defense that 
he always wanted to try a new idea. He did not want to make sequels, but Sega was like, uh, no, you made Sonic work, so you're going to keep making Sonic. It was like the same thing with Metal Gear. Like, uh, Kojima was ready to be done with two, but we see how that went. I feel, uh, I feel like that game should have finished after one, but okay. Hey-o. <laughs> Hey-o. Uh, so, shots fired. Metal Gear Solid 1 was fine. The others, I'm just like, these are not fun games for me. It's just too ridiculous. You are out of your mind. That, that Graham just, and we, I are like on two completely <laughs> different spectrums. We are. We are. Graham we, is we, a very are. unique gamer. I'll say that he has unique tastes. <laughs> I would call him like Mister Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> Start a series called My Wrong Opinion in Video Games, Graham. <laughs> I think I should do. That's a perfect name for it, actually. I, I'm waiting for that conversation where you tell me that Breath of the Wild is a is a terrible game. It's uh, no, it's, a te- it's a it's a bad Zelda game, is what I'm going to say. I'll fight you to the death. Let's do this. <laughs> Coming up in 2021, people, this is going to happen. I've right, killed anyway. them for less. <laughs> That's all we had for the questions today. Thank you, Scotty. Thanks, thanks for moving that on. Moving on to our next section, which is our picks of the year. So, we normally do our picks of the week, where we talk about TV shows, movies, games, or whatever we've been doing in the last week and enjoying. We want to talk to you guys about. But this time, I'm actually going to do our picks of the year, where we're going to look at some, a couple of games, maybe a couple of movies that we've really enjoyed that have been released this year that we uh, have been our picks of the year. So, we're going to take it in terms, and we're going to start with Antichrist. So, Antichrist, what are your picks of the year? Tell us. I made a whole fucking top ten. Chat, Twitch chat, watching live. If you've got your own, jump in, sound off. That's right. Yes, please do. Yeah, jump in. If you if you if you're agreeing with us or you've got your own ones to throw out there, let's know. Please do. I made a whole fucking top ten. Uh it's not just, what we asked for, but go ahead. Exactly, but I'm just gonna just shoot it out there. Uh from from the bottom to the top, number ten, Grand Blue Fantasy versus uh, solid fucking fighting game coming from Psy Games and Arc System Works. Uh, I reviewed it earlier, I believe in like January, February. Uh, 13 Sentinels, Aegis of Rim from, uh, from Atlas. That's also a really great, like, usually these are the same guys who did, uh, um, the Dragon's Crown games or the, oh, yeah. the, the Vanillaware games. Yeah. And yeah. they switch gears from doing like these action adventure character driven narratives to now a full-blown tactical rpg that's actually got a very in-depth story it's it's a very it's a very meta narrative it's it's super it's super involved and it's like how's the translation good it, the good. translation is actually very good and right. combat system's actually pretty cool um it's it's less artistic as far as combat is concerned uh, which it would be my only um reservation towards the game but other than that, like the game's solid. Uh, eight Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity is a great uh, Musa game. Resident Evil Three. I know that Scotty's probably gonna like be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" But the Resident Evil Three remake, I fucking loved. Undernight In Birth EXE Late Clear, uh, another great um, fighting game coming up from French Bread, who did uh, Melty Blood. Um, the PSO Two NA release. Was has to go on there because it reignited my love for PSO. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and my game of the year is Yakuza Like a Dragon. That game nice. is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> it was really hard choosing between Like a Dragon and 
FF7 remake. Yeah. But I think that just the sheer amount of content and character that Like a Dragon has compared to Final Fantasy VII, which is a, a great cinematic experience, but a game that you've kind of played already nonetheless. Right. Um, I, I had to give it to, to Sega. So That's awesome. Nice. Good That's awesome to see a Sega game at the top of someone's list. I'm surprised how much Sega I have on my, um, or Sega Associated I have on my list. Because, like, Grand Blue, that's Arc System Works, and they're on fucking uh, Sega Arcade. 13 mm-hmm. Sentinels, that's Atlas. Um, Undernight, that's connected to Arc System Works again. PSO2, and then Yakuza. So, like, half my list is, like, associated with Sega, which you never see. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> Nice. Um, any any comments from you guys on on those at all, uh, pal? Scott? I haven't played the remake of three, so I have no opinions yet. I still yeah, need no. to finish um, uh, Final Fantasy remake, but that is an amazing game. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, have they have they announced anything like what does it upscale or do anything on PS Five yet? Do they have they released like a? a no, what I imagine that they will do is probably release like a a huge patch or release the ps5 version along in tandem with the pc version oh, when that comes cool. later on okay. next year right on. nice i speaking of the final fantasy 7 remake um i've heard like some from some pure like final fantasy 7 purists uh lovers like for the old playstation version they didn't enjoy the remake as much because they actually cut it like even though visually it's amazing and stuff they feel like they cut out chunks of the main game and they had like repeating dungeon bits or something, which to like so, almost extend the game or something. They said it's just not as much fun. Like visually, they're like, it's amazing, but the actual game itself, they're like the, they're not they're not impressed with it or something. I'm, I'm going to go with the hard disagree. The mo- the most common critique that I hear coming out of um, the dissidents is that they it's you're only capturing the first four or five hours of Final Fantasy VII and right. just expanding it and elongating it. Um, what they're doing is that they're telling the story of how the entire group coming out of Midgar got together. And they're twisting the story because they're not trying to do a full-blown remake. The game is very... Um, I'm tr- very... I don't, I don't think that subversive is the right term, but they are manipulating the way that the storyline is playing out so that later on they can change the timeline. The timeline is essentially okay. broken in Final Fantasy VII. If you didn't know that, you had eight months to play it. I'm not going to go any more into detail than that. But, I mean, um, I, I doubt I'll ever play this because um, I'm not a huge Final Fantasy fan. But uh, yeah, maybe that's what they were saying. They're saying that, I, I can't remember exactly what they're saying, telling me, but they sort of said they'd cut the game down, but then extended sort of some of the gameplay. Be, right. like, it's, they're, just telling, they're just telling the origin story. Okay. And they do it quite faithfully. But they explain on why they're breaking that mold or they're uh, breaking that formula. It's not a one for one. And okay. there's, I, I don't want to get into like spoiler uh, territory outside of what's already been uh, released in games media. Um, whereas the ending is going to flip the script a bit. Okay. So, planning to have like fun part two and stuff. That yes, it's already in development. Right, okay, fair enough. Like, uh, they announced seems... it's going to be a such nonsense. Oh, okay, I I they're looking at like three or four parts. Oh, wow, yeah. okay. 
like I don't know why that just feels a bit weird to say, hey, this is a remake. Actually, it's not a remake. It's like four parts and we're changing it. Like it could just be Final Fantasy VII, I don't know, alternate edition. I don't, I don't know. Weird, I don't know. weird marketing. They had to get people in somehow. And I, I honestly don't think that they're going to deviate too far away from the the actual timeline. There's probably going to be some some major changes. Like you could already see when you're like playing the game and be like, oh well, you know, comparing it to what took place in seven, where they go from now, where the next major like city hub point is going to be located. Okay. Um. To me, here's the way that I look at it is that it's a $60 game and you get your $60 worth. I ran through that game uh, on my first playthrough and it took me about 50 hours to complete. And there was so much more that I could have done. And it's it's packed. It's packed with a lot of shit. I think TJ just mentioned the spoilers you were trying to avoid in the Twitch chat. So avoid that if you don't want to see. (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, luckily I actually don't have the Twitch chat on our sc- screen here for the recording because uh, I forgot to actually add that in. But yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I, I to be honest, I might just go and play the original one because I I don't know. It's one of those games I've also thought I should try and sit down and play, but I just haven't because I've never been a huge fan of Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy in general. Sorry. Um, yeah. Anyway, so anyway, sorry, Scotty. Let's move on to you, my friends. Uh, what are your sure. picks of the year? Um, I don't play video games, apparently. Uh, that's that's <laughs> what it feels like anymore. Um, but uh, no, so I almost everything I say is not from 2020 specifically, but 2020 is when I experienced it. So the first thing, the best part of 2020 for me, or that happened related to us and May Visions and whatever, was when I streamed and completed the game Tempo on 32X because I had not ever sat down with that platformer, goofy, cartoony, bug thing, game, platformer, I don't know what else to call it. Um, but I did, and uh, the stream is lost forever because Twitch is a piece of shit and doesn't keep their streams up, and I stopped recording. This was before I had an extra hard drive and ran out of space and all that, whatever, excuses, excuses. Um, but it was really fun playing through Tempo, discovering how cool that game is with other people watching it as well, and also discovering how cool and crazy that game is that it was on the, it's a 32X exclusive, so no one played it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a fun thing with weird mini games. Um, played it through to the end. Uh, didn't expect to do that. I just kind of wanted to jump in and try it out. But everybody watching enjoyed it. Um, I don't remember. I think you were in there briefly, Antichrist. I can't recall if you watched it at all. Um, oh. Red Jaguar says the snapping game was the best bit or something. Yes. Oh, there he is, Red Jaguar. <laughs> uh, he-, he watched the whole thing. That thankfully is a, t- a highlight of a pizza eating mini game where that involves domestic violence as well. Um, <laughs> all around. Uh, <laughs> I, the summary, and we'll link the, the clip maybe where you're, you're just following along and hitting a button to the, the, I still remember the tune in my head. Cause it's like, hit button. Um, and it speeds up as you go. There's no, there's no visual prompts. It's very just listening to it. Um, but I was in the zone for that, and that's that's actually a highlight, thankfully. Uh, I think beating the last boss is also a highlight, because it did not feel like it was the last boss. Um, that was really fun, though, so I'm glad you're part. You're there for part of it, Red Jaguar. The, the, we're talking about our top 2020 moments and things. 
Um, the tempo stream was for me. Uh, uh, Runners Up is Tony Hawk 1 and 2 remake getting released because there was just a lot of positivity and hype around that release. I feel like it died off almost immediately when that game came out. Um, but it's it exists, and it was fun, and everybody was ready for nostalgia, and just with the world in a pandemic and all that, and the world being a different place, everybody was very ready for Tony Hawk 1 and 2. Um, I think I'm kind of on my own talking about that on this podcast right now, because I don't think anybody else here cares about it as much. Uh, we streamed it. It was fun. We played it. It was fun. We played it. Did you, were you part of that? I don't, yeah. I don't remember that. That night is a blur. I suck at that game big time. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw, I saw Tornado uh, Jones playing it and, um, enjoyed watching his stream for a little bit. Um, when it first came out, I was like, Oh, this is, this seems pretty cool. I can dig this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's fun um i for one fell out of it real hard because my hard drive also died shortly after that on my ps4 um which might have a little bit to do with how i have so little new games in my lineup here um i didn't get to last of us part two till way later so i can't really say if that's my favorite thing of 2020 yet or not um but it was cool to see xenocrisis the indie smash tv alien xenomorph thing release on dreamcast and i played that with the twin stick virtual on controller on stream which was absurd um i had bought that with the intention of showing it off during the marathon which we still played during the dreamcast marathon but not that exact version so it was still really cool to uh see that released on another platform though because that's a fun game and and more people need to play it um and then going into my movies real quick this must have been the goddamn year of video game documentaries because a ton release and most of them sucked. Um, <laughs> don't watch one up, or is that what it was called? I think just one up or something. Um, Are you talking about one, the Netflix series? Yeah, don't yeah, watch. That don't it's, watch that. Uh, the console wars was severely lackluster compared to the book. We didn't even talk about it on this podcast. Um, but I never the, watched it. How like what? Somehow. Did, I could cram a thousand page book into half an hour does not work. I it's, I mean, watch it cause it's short, but don't expect <laughs> the caliber of the book. It's um, the same. It's the same issue with the, the one up series where it's just like, it's already information that's been given to you and right. it spoon feeds you just a little bit more, uh, I guess in a bitter way than in one up where everything is just like, like they try to spruce up like the production value in one up is super fucking good. But it's yeah. just like this is the ABCs of video game history for you, and it's and yeah. if one of us watched it. We're just like, okay, like I can give this to my child, and he'll be excited. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my problem with a lot of these because I feel like it's just the same stuff. It's the same guys that we've seen the last like you know five to ten years talk about the same stuff over and over again. It's just maybe it's just now like this stuff isn't really for us anymore. It's just kind of for maybe the other people that might happen to want to watch a video game documentary. It's good yeah. gateway uh, mm-hmm. documentaries. Like if for one of us to like learn something, go watch the gaming historian or some other right, YouTuber yeah. that is only going to pander to people who already know their shit. Yeah, it was, um, it's just the, the thing about console wars is, and, and we've, I've given it enough praise. We all have like individually or through this podcast that it has monumental moments for Sega, but the way they were described in this documentary just does not do them justice. It's probably 45 minutes or so. I remember the documentary is less than an hour, but just not enough compared to, especially the Netflix thing that 
it's just the how do you document something in video games? Because that's such a ma- that's like saying I'm going to do a documentary on sports. How the hell do you do that? Like yeah. <laughs> rather than like, or even if you just pick documentary on one sports team is going to take you a lot of time. So like doing that with these things, I think nobody's been able to really encapsulate what they want to. I feel with the ones that I watched this year, I should say. Um, but insert coin was good. The midway documentary, that was really good. I definitely recommend that one. Um, all those in mind, all the documentaries I watched, the two that I want to give a shout out to that were the highlights of my 2020, um, was Wolfman's got nards, even though it released in 2018, that was the documentary about monster squad, which is great. Uh, everybody needs to watch it. That is the slightest fan of monster squad. Um, I think it was only recently released to the public, uh, this year. So it is on Amazon Prime right now, I believe. Um, Wolfband's Got Nards is great. And then the other one is the final blockbuster documentary I watched that did come out this year on Blu-ray. Um, I'm not sure if you could re- stream it anywhere. I don't really know. But I would recommend just grabbing it to support the last blockbuster in the world. Um, it's a fun thing that reminds us that VHS is not dead and that it could come back. But other than that, it's just a fun nostalgia thing about going into stores and um, they're going into rental stores and, you know, spending an hour in there to rent a couple games and movies you'll watch the whole weekend. So I can't <laughs> recommend that enough. I, I bought a VHS player in 2020. So there you go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah. So I guess if I could sum up mine real quick, streaming tempo on 32X, Tony Hawk 1 and 2 releasing, Xeno Crisis on Dreamcast, Wolfman's Got Nards, and the final blockbuster. Nice. Awesome. Not a minor I, really want to, I really want to see the final blockbuster. That's something that really interests me. But I, I say, I think before, I actually can't seem to get it, but uh, I haven't bothered to try and order it from the main website. But over here, there's no shops that sell it or anything. So It's I'll also one of the few positive ending documentaries I watched because, like, most of the other documentaries I've watched this year are like, yeah, Midway filed for bankruptcy and, you know, <laughs> Atari isn't really a company anymore and like things like that. So, but final blockbuster has a ray of hope, but it's, but it's, and it's still positive overall. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. It sounds really good. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, uh, I'll go for my picks next. Uh, so, uh, uh, well, so I start with my games, my game of the year has to be Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Um, I'm a big fan of the Ori games, even though there's only been two of them. Um, so this is the sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest on Xbox and PC, and also Switch as well. They came out, they released it on Switch too. Uh, even though it's yeah. a Microsoft-made game, um, like it's Microsoft-owned, in fact, sorry. They, the, the studio who made it is not Microsoft, but Microsoft owns the rights to the game, but they released it on Switch as well, which is kind of cool, but... Ori and the Will of Wisps. I, I think these games are beautiful. The soundtrack is amazing. The gameplay is brilliant. Um, and they've got kind of touching stories almost. Like they're not they're told just through the events that happen on screen. There's no talking really. Well, it's kind of talking, but it's kind of animal sounds, like not really actual people talking, um, which I, I just really like them. Uh, I don't know if you guys have actually played any of the Ori games at all. or Yes. Yeah, I missed it. Are you a fan anti-Chris, or you, is this another controversial opinion where we don't agree? No, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Or, I don't think I played... Uh, I played Ori and the Blind Forest. I have Will of the Wisps. I haven't actually sat down and played it, but I loved Blind Forest, so it was... Yeah. I mean, I, I'll get to it eventually, is okay. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, and for those who don't really know, the kind of actual 
style of game. It's I guess it's kind of along the Metroidvania style game. So it's a two D. It's a Metroidvania with no power ups. Uh, well, you kind of do get power ups. You kind a of few, get new abilities. I... Yeah, yeah. Because the, the whole point is like the the, the it's a two D two level. Like uh, it's a single world almost. So you don't go to different <laughs> levels. But mm-hmm. to get to new areas, you do have to get new abilities to actually be able to reach those areas. So, yeah, you do unlock some new skill sets and stuff along the way. And I just think it's beautiful. I think the graphics are amazing. As I say, the music's amazing. So, yeah, massive fan of Wither Wisp. I think it's just as good as Blind Forest. I feel like Blind Forest might, might be slightly better, in my opinion, but I feel like that's because it felt a bit fresher and newer, but I still loved Wither the Wisps. Uh, yeah. Um, my runner-up, though, is... Uh, I've actually got two runners-up, kind of. So my main runner-up is Yakuza Like a Dragon. So a bit like Antichrist. I was, I've been really impressed with this game. I haven't finished it yet. But it's one of those games I've been playing quite a bit, uh, even though it's very different to Yakuza. And I don't really like turn-based RPGs. This has been very fun. Like, I've been really enjoying the way they do this. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really cool game. I love, I love the characters in it and stuff as well. It's, <laughs> it's fantastic. And... Um, Another one which I've spoken about briefly, which Chris actually kind of got me to buy, was Control, which technically wasn't released in 2020. But uh yeah, I first got to experience it in 2020. And uh, so Control is made by the people who make Alan Wake. Um and it's uh essentially an action third person shooter game with paranormal stuff happening in it and stuff. And it's also probably one of the closest games I've I could say you could experience that's a cross between the matrix and inception in the way that stuff happens in it. It's like the way the world like moves and morphs and stuff is a bit like inception, but the gunfights are kind of like the matrix with like, you know, chunks of the wall breaking off and stuff like that. Really cool. So I'm really impressed with that game and how it works. Um, <laughs> so I see Scotty's actually editing the outline for one of my next picks. I'm so, just correcting it. I'm a little proofreading and uh, you're fine. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> so uh, my my movie, I'll get into uh, just a couple of movies I, I want to pick out. Um, one, my, one of my, mo- my movies of the year, which kind of for me was a massive surprise, was Enola Holmes, which is a Netflix movie. Uh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Netflix, wasn't it? Or am I going that wrong? Yeah. Was it yeah okay, good. I was just in my head, I was like, oh shit, it's Amazon Prime. No, it's Netflix. It's a Netflix movie. It's about uh, Sherlock okay. Holmes' younger sister. And I thought it was brilliant it stars mini bobby brown um you people will probably know from stranger things um yeah she is so good in that movie i've just thought the way she does her stuff and this the, the movie and the way the comedy in it and stuff is done is and the storyline's really good I, I i found the whole thing entertaining from start to finish i was grinning basically all the way through and i was like this is I, i've had so much fun with this so yeah that for me has been like a standout movie like i haven't enjoyed a movie as much as i enjoyed that one and my brother, I, um, oh, can I, before you move away from that, I just want to mention real quick, I've been rewatching Stranger Things and she's not stopping anytime soon. Like definitely the most talented person probably in that series and how she starred in this film. Yeah, she's she's not stopping anytime soon. Yeah, she is really good. Um, like I've seen her in a couple of other movies. Like she was in God's, one of the, uh, the new Godzilla King of Monsters. Oh, yeah, um, I forgot about yeah. that. Oh, I enjoyed that movie. I don't know about you. But, oh, I did uh, too. It just doesn't make sense that there are humans in it that we should care about, but that's whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, her, her performance in that, that wasn't like standout, I feel, but it was, it was solid. But yeah, for Enola Holmes and Stranger Things, I think she's really standout. She's done, she's a really good actress. Um, really impressive. 
Uh, yeah, and then my runner-up this year, which Scotty has corrected me on, apparently. Well, my runner-up was meant to be the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, but uh, apparently I'm wrong, so <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, 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 the reason why I put this as a runner-up is it's, it was I genuinely enjoyed the movie, but also it was a massive surprise for me. So I was not hyped up for this movie at all. I, the only reason I really watched it was because I'm a Sega fan, and... Watch. I was like, I was almost like, this is going to be terrible, isn't it? And then I watched it. I was like, I'm genuinely enjoying this movie. I think this is a fun movie. Like, it's not nothing groundbreaking in it as such, but I had fun. I came came in and out and was like, ah, that was great. And she is now backing away. So, I I think the yeah. biggest surprise that came from this movie is that there's going to be a sequel. <laughs> and I think I, I think I don't think anyone expected that it was going to be a huge commercial success that would that would pave way to a sequel like i think that was the surprise yeah. it was better than it, it should have been which also was a surprise but i i i i had real big uh you know concerns whether like sonic was going to be able to play big on the mainstream like on the you know at the box office like does sonic have that power today mm. um and I don't know how much of it may have had to do with all the controversy that led up to the, the movie's release. Like how much of that, cause that started putting it kind of like in mainstream, like eyes and ears on social media and everything else. So there was quite right. a bit of buzz that led into that movie. So who knows how much, yeah. you know, contributed to its success. I'm still part of the conspiracy theory that says that this was all a ploy to get more <laughs> eyes on it. I, I, I know it's like super far fetched. Cause like people lost their jobs uh, over that movie, and there was but, zero merchandise for it beforehand. So yeah, yeah, like all the merchandise was like legit, like horror Sonic. There was that. Yeah. There was that one uh, costume that got out there, like Party City or yeah. something, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That one like really scary looking Sonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't say Party City though. They also went under. <laughs> oh really? Oh, oh god. Yeah. Um. I I will say I'm gonna take this to my goddamn grave. Hey, it beat Marvel for best uh, hero movie, but you know what? There was no Marvel movie release, so there you go. Um, <laughs> Amen. One thing I'll take away from the Sonic it film is the it... Pikachu movie. It beat the Pikachu movie. Yeah. No one saw that coming. Fuck you. Right. Um, it did put Ben Schwartz more on my radar, and he's a fantastic human being. I'm glad that I'm more aware of what he does. Hmm. Yeah. So. So, so you're saying you love the movie, then? Scott. Nope, not at all. <laughs> I have not. I have Sonic tattooed on my body, and I have not bought that movie. So there you go. <laughs> That's a good suck it. That's what it is. Scotty wants that for children. Christmas 2021. I know I'm getting Scotty. Yeah, tattoo the movie on my body. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Should we back up real quick? Red Jaguar had some, oh. there's some comments in the chat about what we were talking about. Oh, um, well. He said the Netflix series was not great, meaning the documentary. Uh, that I mentioned, okay. and he also said, "Dude, sports documentaries get away with it be, by being super boring." So I've, I've never, I don't know actually what he's referring to. Maybe Pal, you could speak more to that. I don't know. Uh, well, you, I, I don't know what the context was exactly. Well, you, you, Scotty, you said about it's like making a video game, a, movie, uh, a documentary about video games is like making a documentary about sports. Um, that's what you. There's just so much saying. to cover. Yeah, right. Like uh, video games need their own thirty for thirty. And like an expanded series on that. That would be dope, actually. That would be really yeah. cool. Uh, what is that? What's 30, 30 for 30? 30 on ESPN is a docu-series uh, where they just go topic by topic 
but it's like hyper focused. So they'll they'll look at like a snapshot of a player's career or a team's career uh, between a certain number of years because or maybe like this is when this coach was coaching for the uh, Atlanta Falcons or whatever in sort of fucking sports team because I don't watch sports outside <laughs> yeah. of that. So they'll just like hyper focus on all the the drama, the setbacks, the, the successes, all that shit. So video games did a 30 for 30 and they just did snapshots and just like not even like covering the console wars because like it's been so overdone at this point. Like if we're going to do anything like that, let's like focus on Tom Kalinske. Let's focus on the um, the the controversy with Midway and violence in video games and just chronicle that entire fucking thing. Mm hmm. Like just, yeah, awesome. just hyper focus on that. You shit. know what would be awesome? That be could awesome. be something that G four could could do, and like take from kind of what ESPN has been mm-hmm. doing with their formula, and apply that to the game industry. That could be a real cool series that they might be able to do. Because G four is coming back. And... Phone. Let's do it. TJ, that's Kitsunis. probably uh, that's that's. Go ahead, Scotty. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to read some comments. I was going to say that's kind of what Noclip does. Uh, and that's what Danny O'Dwyer's company, Noclip, has been able to do because they did a documentary on like just Rocket League before everyone and their mother asked um, Team Psionics how Rocket League changed their lives and everything. And they have like a document, a documentary on Half Life 3, even though it's not really actually about Half Life 3. Um, that's hard to explain, but you should check it out. They did a documentary on, on, on Doom 2016, which was really interesting and really well done. Um, Noclip kind of does that, but yeah, I could, okay. I could see someone going even more intricately into it. Um, mm. And were you about to read the Twitch chat, Graham? Or? Yeah, I was going to read some comments from the Twitch chat. Yeah, but, go uh, for it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, Red Jaguar says he's never seen an interesting sports documentary. Fair enough. And then TJ Kitsu said Space Jam was an interesting sports documentary, which I think we can all agree. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we can't all agree with it, apparently. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Chris, uh, Powell, even, sorry, Powell, um, what are your picks of the year? Okay, so I'm going to start with the games, then I'll go with my moment and then my movie. Uh, so my game of the year is going to be Streets of Rage uh, 4. That is a game that I really had gave up believing it would happen. That was like, that was my version, I guess, of Shinmu 3 for Shinmu fans, because I just, I, I really didn't believe it would ever happen. I didn't think Sega cared about the series. I still don't really think they do that much, because they didn't even publish this game. Um, but I hope, though, that its success will will cause them to realize, like, hey, this is a series that we should be, you know, like, investing in, because it's obviously popular enough. Um, and it's it's gone on to win a lot of awards just recently. So I just want to say kudos to those, uh, you know, development studios behind Streets Rage 4. I just, I love that game. Uh, I It's going to be one of those games I continue to keep playing forever, just like many of the other ones, like 1 and 2 in the series. I absolutely love it. I also want to give an honorable mention to Panzer Paladin uh, by <laughs> Tribute Games. This game came out of nowhere for me. I saw it at PAX East, and I was like, what the hell? Uh, I went and visited, and the, the, the people that made the game were so cool. Uh, they were just super nice. They had, I, I will say, like the way they had their press 
area and the presentation that like they made it super easy for for game journalists to come in there and play the game record your gameplay there and then take it with you on a usb stick that was super awesome because i was able to use it and just basically upload my gameplay you know on on that night it was really awesome so uh, the game itself is like a i guess like a metroidvania style game mega man uh but you're in kind of like a jaeger uh suit uh, kind of like uh, in uh, uh, Pacific Rim, something like that. Uh, but what's cool is you get all these different weapons. You can even design your own weapon. It's really neat. Lots of cool options. And it's it's set up kind of like a Mega Man where you can choose different uh, bosses to fight and then you absorb some of their powers and you can go on to use it. It's really neat. And I just I, I they just released the game on Switch a few months ago. Um, they released an update that added a bunch of content and fixed a lot of, a lot of stuff. So uh, I, I'm going to be following Tribute Games for sure and seeing what they do next. Because this game looks so good. It's so polished. Definitely check that out if you're in the mood for kind of like a retro style game. You're getting that collector's edition probably. Limited oh, run, yeah. Baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. Um, which is good because they sent out a uh, some sort of like press pack packet uh earlier in the year with a physical Panzer uh, Paladin uh, in a, like a Genesis clamshell cart. And I thought that looked really, really awesome. Uh, and I was kind of bummed because I was like, man, no, there's not going to be very many of these that were made and not, no one else is going to be able to get this awesome game on physical cartridge. So now it is coming. And I think that's awesome. So really, really cool. I know that probably means a lot to the, the, the people at tribute also to be able to get their game in physical form. Um, nice. Not to say my moment of 2020 is just attending PAX East uh, in Boston. That was the last major game convention before the big shutdown happened. Uh, and a lot of people there, I remember we were kind of freaked out because we like no one was really wearing masks or anything yet. Uh, we just knew that like we probably shouldn't be shaking hands. So like <laughs> a lot of places you're just kind of doing fist bumps or elbow bumps and but other than that, there was no masks, you know, and there was just like some people had hand sanitizer and stuff. So it was just like the really early kind of throngs of COVID. But we were able to have it. Um, and it was just a, it's, it was a, a cool experience. I'm glad I was able to go and see what PAX has kind of become because it's been quite a while since I attended. I think it's been about eight, uh, seven or eight years. Ooh. It hasn't been that long. Was it 2012 that PAX East 2012? Was that the one, Graham? Scotty? I can't, remember. I can't remember. I don't know. I went to five of them. So. That was the one with uh, Sonic uh, 4 episode four. 1 or 2 there. When, when so. did Jet Set Radio come out on Xbox Live? Because I vaguely remember that was one I went to. That's it was happening. Uh, it was a big year with Alien Colonial Marines on the horizon. Yeah. No one having played it yet. You know. Yeah. We, we, um, we played the multiplayer version and they showed us footage of the sync. I want to say that was probably 2010. Maybe, jeez, maybe. So anyway, I will say it's it's come a long way. It's a huge event now. And uh, they announced that they're coming back in June uh, of 2021. (laughs) And so what's interesting is that was kind of the last game convention we had uh, before the pandemic. And really, it might end up being one of the first major ones we get as we try to, I guess, go back to quasi-normal, you know, industry uh, in you know the in the mid uh, twenty twenty one because I think it's like sometime in June I believe, uh, and I, I hope what's that 
I double checked the dates. It was 2012. You're right for PAX. Wow. So yeah. And so yeah, I'm uh, I'm hoping everything goes smoothly with that because I I hope I can attend. Uh, and I'll, I'll talk more about that later. But uh, yeah, PAX East. It was so cool. I, I was able to spend so much time in the indie area. I, I, I was almost almost exclusively in there. I had so many cool appointments, and I just I think the indie industry, the indie game, you know, I guess sub sub industry or whatever you want to call it, is just such so alive and well in in today's game industry, and I'm I'm happy for that, and I I really hope you know a lot of these smaller companies can survive through the pandemic, make it through. And see their games to realization, you know, hopefully in 21 or 22. Um, and we'll see what happens with that. So, yeah, PAX East, oh, yeah. baby. Uh, cool. for the movie, um, I gotta, I gotta go with Onward. I absolutely love that movie. Um, it was the, the, what the Disney Pixar movie that came out in March, I believe. Yep. And I, I love this movie because there's just, I, there's not enough like fantasy type movies like this. Um, you'll get like your Trek type movies or, you know, like other, other type, but this is kind of like a more of a D and D style fantasy film, which we don't get a lot, um, of, and this was done like a big budget, uh, movie, uh, and done in a really cool way. And I think it just tells a really kind of heartwarming story. It's basically about these two teenage brothers, their father passed away, uh, and they're coming of age. I think the youngest one is about to be 16 or something. And, um, their mom gives them this letter from their father and ends up being a spell uh, to be able to bring him back for like a day. And they end okay. up trying to cast the spell. And it goes awry. And this, these aren't spoilers. This is all told within like the, the trailer of the movie. So it all goes awry, the spell. And they bring back, they start bringing him back, but it's only the lower half of his body that comes back. <laughs> so just basically his legs and his like torso. And so they have to travel and get this other, like, rare, like, amulet that allowed them to finish the spell and be able to spend the day with their father. And it's there's this really, I think, awesome story to be told here. Uh, and it's I, I think it's great. I mean, it has, like, Tom Holland, has Chris Pratt in it, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, Octavia Spencer. So there's a good cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Ratzenberger's in it also. So uh, No princess. Right, there's not a princess, which is good um, for a change. I think it's just it's just it's a, a different kind of story. It's just about two brothers, you know, trying to relive that moment with their father that they'll okay. never get, and it's, it's it's a great story. Cool. I, I had no idea what that movie was about. To be honest, I, I, did, you, did any of you guys watch this movie? Yeah, we saw it opening weekend because it was uh, that turnaround time where Disney's like, oh shit. We already did a ton of marketing. There's toys out and all kinds of crap. We can't just not. We can't. Just, we can't delay this movie. So hey, guess what? You get it for free on Plus, which is hilarious because then a couple months later they're like, "Oh yeah, Mulan's coming out. The new Mulan. You can get that for uh, like thirty dollars, you idiots." So, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think if there's uh, a so st- I, if there's a stinker I, of the year for me, it's that Mulan movie. That that was all oh, right. I watched that the other day, and oh wow, that was. Yeah, I'll, uh, you reminded me that conventions existed in 2020 briefly, <laughs> and uh, for I want to I want to throw in a runner up that I just thought of right now for another moment that was great for me. Um, the the game Killer Queen. For those who have not played Killer Queen, quick summary of that: it's a massive 
technically 10-player arcade game where each setup is five sticks, um, five-person thing. Like, think of the X-Men six-player game almost, but you're, it's five-on-five five teams, and it's a Joust clone, essentially, but it's awesome. Anyway, AJ, his girlfriend Ashley, me, Corey, and, oh, shit, I can't remember who else played with us. Oh, it was uh, Corey and Anti-Chris's friend. Um, 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 uh, oh, God, I can't remember his na- real name. I only remember his username of Titanium Dragon Neo. But anyway, we played oh, a round cool. of it. I like them. Uh, we played a round of it. Connor uh, yeah. joined us for that, for Killer Queen at MAGFest. And we played a round. We entered a tournament. We did so well after the first round of the tournament that someone else asked us what area we were repping. Like, what team, like, oh, freaking wow. almost sponsored team we were or something. We were just like, what are you talking about? And then, but we had fun in that tournament. It was just, but it was a cool moment of, like, people thought we were good enough to be repping a region for that freaking scene. Oh, yeah. So, that was neat. We, we lost the next round, though. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my runner-up, so. That's 2020, ladies and gentlemen. That's quarantine, baby. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um... So, unless unless anyone else has some any more comments, there, uh, you guys all good? Oh, good. Okay, that silence is golden. Perfect. We move on to our next section, which is our future discussion, which is our future expectations, what we'd like to see or what we expect from twenty twenty one. So, yeah, we just look back at look at look back at twenty twenty. Now looking forward, is there anything we're expecting in 2021 from the games, from the movie industry? So we're going to run through some of that stuff right now. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll kick this one off. Um, so uh, what I'm expecting from 2021, let me think. So I this is this ties into one of those questions that we had earlier on, Scotty. Uh, I'm expecting more stuff from the Dreamcast indie scene. And I say that partly because of Arcade Racing Legends that came out. So... Um, Arcade Racing Legends, Dreamcast Racer that has been in the, in the making for about a couple of years now, effectively. That's funny, released earlier this year, and uh, while it is a flawed game, there are bugs in it, I think it shows real promise. Like, it's, it's, it's the first, as far as I'm aware, it's the first fully 3D racing game to come out of the Dreamcast indie scene, basically. So, an indie studio, small indie studio, launched it on kickstarter got the backing on kickstarter and they've made this game and it's a pretty solid game it's i can't say it's the best dreamcast racing game out there um and <laughs> as i say it's got bugs and stuff but it's better than some actually official release dreamcast games that's the thing it's not yeah. by no means is it, even with the bugs in it it's no no means the worst dreamcast racing game at all um it's 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 i'd say it's above definitely above average it's a good good racing game and it just just thinking about that makes me think, oh, what can p- possibly happen in the future? So if um, Pixel Heart and Josh Prod want to have another cracker, another 3D racing game, I'm all for it. Or if another indie studio out there wants to take up the reins, I'd be very excited to see what they can do. And maybe, I don't know, maybe there could be other 3D style games. Like another 3D platformer might come out. I don't know. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm thinking some good stuff can come out of the Dreamcast indie scene um, with with that sort of stuff. Um now, have you guys got any comments on that at all? Like, have, you, have you guys played Arcade Racing Legends yet? Or I have not. I want to. I, I did a bit a ROM, but I mean, I I would like to get my hands on that one. So uh, I did a bit, and I don't really appreciate how you have to unlock every track before you can even play them, even in like versus mode. Um, okay, but I appreciate. 
it, it, it's a weird flip-flop thing with me because you have all the cars from the get-go, but you don't have all the tracks. I, I, I sincerely just wish it was the other way around. I prefer to unlock cars and just have all the tracks, you yeah. know? I, the, th- the thing about this, which I feel is... I, the, I've got a theory as to why that happened, is the actual cars are, if you don't know about it, on, on Kickstarter... This is for the audience, right. sorry. On Kickstarter... That makes sense. They they had um, companies were able to sponsor cars. So you had th- people like Play Asia, for example, sponsors a car. They got their logo strapped on a car. And the thing is, I think if some of those cars were locked, it'd be almost unfair to some other people because they're all paying the same price. Yeah. And also, right. there's a flaw. This is one of the things I say in my review is that it feels strange that all the cars have exactly the same handling and exactly the same top speed as well. So, like, um, effectively, what is a Ford GT, which is a really fast sports car? is the same speed as an ice cream van makes no sense yeah feel... sweet tooth is in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, I feel like but they couldn't they probably couldn't do they could probably couldn't make one car faster than the other because hey i've just paid you know 200 dollars or 500 dollars whatever it was it's quite a lot of money to have my neck i guess my that's logo on the side of this why is this car faster than mine um so i feel like that's, that's a weird happy medium yeah i feel like point. they thought let's have all the let's have all the cars available We'll keep the tracks locked, though. So, yeah, I feel that's what happens. So maybe if they do another one right. or another racing game comes out, they should do it the other way around. Maybe sponsor the tracks instead. Have the track sponsored. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I, think, I think, think that could be it, the other way around. It's hilariously broken as well. If you play as, which is essentially the Sweet, the sweet Tooth from Twisted Metal is in this game. Um, even with the most zoomed out camera, you cannot see the whole track <laughs> over the giant <laughs> ice cream truck that you're racing as. Oh god, yeah. Um, I have to admit, I didn't realize that was from um, Twisted Metal that car, but because I'm yeah. not, really, not really a Twisted Metal fan, but um, well, I've not really played them. Can't say if I'm a fan or not. But yeah, that 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 uh, I played with that car like twice. And it's like yeah, I can't even see right. <laughs> I can't see the corners coming. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a well-made game, and it's good to see something that's not a shmup in the Dreamcast indie scene. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think nothing I was, against get... the shmups out there, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not a huge Supermap fan. I appreciate them, but yeah, after six or seven of them, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with those. But uh, yeah, so that's that's one of my things I'm most looking forward to. Um, very, very quickly, I'd like to see the new consoles coming back in stock, like Xbox and PS5s, like coming back in stock and not being stupid prices on eBay and stuff. Um, I'd also really want to get my hands on a Podding Mega without paying an arm and a leg, because I'm Come very on. interested in that uh yeah it's, it's that's that's probably never gonna happen but i'm very i'm very interested to play that um and just this is something that i think people wanted for years to come but i feel like for some reason i feel like 2020 has been the one year it's really affected me more than anything else i'm fed up of developers releasing a game and at the same time releasing the gold the ultimate the complete the ultra mega this is the final super ed- edition edition of a game oh. at the same time where they're like graham likes could... his fifa game sounds like <laughs> <laughs> it's just this is there's a few there's been a few games i've been like i've been buying a lot more uh, digital games this year than any other year not just because the shops are shut i just i feel like my my shelves and stuff are so full up and i don't really i want to collect <coughs> more shelves retro games and my shelves are basically shut but uh yeah, I want to collect more retro games and new games, like physically. So I'm just downloading more games. And there's been a few games I've gone to look at. And I'm like on the Xbox store, for example, it'll be like, here's the standard edition. Or for like 20 quid more, you can have the gold edition. Or for another 20, extra 20 quid more, you can have the ultimate edition. I'm like, what is the difference between all these editions? Yes, I know they've released DLC or they're planning to release DLC. 
Um, like, here's a season pass for DLC that hasn't come out yet, so you can pay us extra money for stuff that doesn't exist. I'm like, yeah. Like, back in the day, we released the game, and then we planned to have add-ons, and then you pay for the add-ons, and then they release, like, the complete edition with all the add-ons that are made, because you know they're there and they're good. And it's just it just annoys me. Like, there was seriously one game I looked at the other day which had four or five versions of it, and I was like... Hell yeah. Why? Like, well, it was like £100. I'm like... What? And it's like this DLC isn't even available yet. It's like, what? Is it? oh, man, sorry, that's just a mini rant of mine. And I mean, it's usually actually- when you, <clears throat> pardon me, usually okay. when you see like those ultimate editions or a season pass, like the season pass is cheaper than because the season pass is going to be multiple installments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, perfect example of this is fighting games. Fighting games will always release base game season pass. After a year, they release a new version of said fighting game with all the DLC included. You see it in Street Fighter. You saw it in Guilty Gear. It just happens all the time. Um, Usually when you buy into that season pass, you are getting it cheaper than what the individual characters that you unlock or stages that you unlock uh, come with. So, for example, Guilty Gear is another example. The season pass was like $20-$25 for when Sign came out before Rev 2 did. And each character is like seven ninety nine. The game came with like three or four characters. Plus, you had I think that they had like extra skins also included. And like, had you bought them all individually, it would have cost you like thirty forty bucks. But if you buy the season pass, it's twenty five dollars. So you're saving by paying ahead. I don't typically mind that, especially coming from fighting games, because fighting games is such a niche genre that. They need that extra money because they don't make enough. Nobody really plays fighting games. Like when you when you talk about shit going on on like the big stage, fighting games don't make a lot of money. They have to like fight and claw their way up and in in an environment where you have like I don't know, The Last of Us Part 2 with like four different versions of it coming out on release. What's coming in that packaging? Uh with those extra tiers. If it's just like, oh, you get new starter packs that can be unlocked in-game, but it looks unique and it's a special skin, no, fuck that. But if you're throwing a <laughs> fucking statue at me... I okay. got an art book. An art book? I, I might do an art book. I might do a, a, a soundtrack. I don't know. Yeah, so... Well, that, that's one thing. For physical games, I can kind of understand when they've got like extra things. Like you've got the game, but you also get a statue or a book or a I don't know the soundtrack or something with it. Mm-hmm. But all these digital games, it's like you get the season pass. Okay, yes, I understand some of the base the idea of the season pass is cheaper than buying individual DLC. But half the time, this DLC hasn't been released yet, so you don't always know. Like for fighting games, characters, which um, you know, like. Their characters, you, you they'll be fun to play with. But for some games, like adventure games, you have like we got all these extra missions, and some of the missions are pretty shit. Like you know, or they're really short. It's like that wasn't even worth like the extra money I just paid for this this thing. Um, I get what you're you know, yeah. So I I like I, get I remember I remember back in the day, like for example, with Oblivion. Um, like I remember when they, they first released DLC, they had the horse armor, which was shit. But then they released the other expansion packs, like the Shivering Isles, which turned out to be amazing. But you didn't have season passes back then. You kind of you bought the game, then like a couple of like a year or so later, you DLC came out. And you're like, oh, this is cool. And then like maybe 
once all the DLCs come out, then they release the complete edition. And you're like, I can buy this game with everything included for the, the late covers, which is great, which I, I kind of prefer. I prefer that idea that if a game's doing well, they will make DLC for it rather than like, we've just made a game. Okay, let's make even more money by pre-setting DLC that doesn't exist yet or pre- or DLC that should be in the game, but we're going to leave it out the, out the side a bit and just make extra money. Like That's what it feels like to me. Um, you know, and yeah. Um, I don't know about the character thing, but I feel like some of these games could have characters that are more unlockable rather than just DLC. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's, it's just, it's yeah, just it's, something that's bugged for me a lot this year. Fun fact about myself, you want to know the first game I bought the season pass to and the last game I bought a season pass to? What's that? Sure. I I bet I bet someone could guess. I bet, Corey, I bet you could guess in the chat right now. Tornado Jones is there. Um, they're talking about the DLC and stuff. The first game and last game I ever bought a season pass to, Alien Colonial Marines, bitches. Oh, yeah! Woo! <laughs> to the point that I forgot that I even bought it, because that wow. was when, like, at GameStop, if you did that, it would get, give you essentially, like, the Microsoft points to get this shit. So it was, it would, it would, so I, I used it for some of it, and god damn, what a disappointment those were. But yeah. On the you know, one of, of them was like to quote unquote improve Alien Three, like the ending of Alien Three. Oh, it was like fifteen or twenty bucks, Corey. Don't worry about it. <laughs> On the top, I got of my like, money where it's on that dumb game with the collector's edition that I have up there. I, I get what you're saying, Graham. Uh, on the topic of season passes, the last non-fighting game season pass, because I usually think that season passes for fighting games are worth it. Um, but the the non-fighting game season pass I got was for Fire Emblem Three Houses. I bought the season pass. It was like $35. And all it was was like four extra characters in this hidden house that wasn't even like story-driven. It's just uh. like you happen to stumble upon it. You get four units. And it's just like, yeah, we're, we're, we're a house, but we're not a house. It's like one of those <laughs> things where it's just like, you can't play a storyline and explore like their own path because in three houses at the halfway point whatever house that you choose has their own plot line that you have to go follow and unlock and this house didn't have that it was just like yeah we're the rejects nobody likes to talk to us nobody likes to teach us we've been here for 30 years that's that's nuts uh just actually sorry there's one thing i was going to say that i was going to add to this which i didn't get to say uh, which was that that the whole this whole like having lots of multiple versions has stopped me from buying at least three games this year because I've got to it. I mean, like, I don't even know what I want to buy now because I'm like looking at going the standard game. I I think I'd enjoy, but this ad, these other two versions, oh, I get extra stuff, and then my brain's just like, so the standard version's cheaper. Maybe I should go for that. But once if it's really good, the extra stuff's really good, and I'll be missing out, and I'll be paying extra for something I don't want to pay for. Ah, I don't know. So yeah, it's actually stopped me from buying three games, basically. So they've actually lost money. In fact, I know only one person. They're not going to care that much. If everyone else was like me or thought like me, they'd be losing more money than they make these developers and stuff. So um, yeah, I don't know. This is probably not what the devs want you to hear, but my pro tip for that um, and I and I want to correct myself actually because I did get another season pass, uh, which was for Resident Evil Seven. Um, was one of the few season passes I was happy about. It was, worth it was it. after the game had already been out, and there was like a gold game of the year, whatever fucking version. Um, and the season pass was on sale, but that added stuff that was not even part of the main game. It added like side stories. Oh, oh, they did give away 
an add-on that was free, which should have been the actual, huh? The boxing hillbilly. No, 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 no. Um, the, uh, not a hero or something where you play as Chris Redfield, which is in my opinion, the real ending of resident evil (laughs) seven, um, which is probably why they gave it away to you for free for purchasers of the game. But um, there was like an, a whole additional mode, which was just all puzzles. There's a whole additional mode, which was like a survival mode. And then there was the boxing hillbilly, which was what Chris was talking about, which was a pretty cool side story. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was like better than it should have been that it had any right to be. So if anyone's ever skeptical of the resident evil seven add on stuff, you don't even need to finish re seven grab the season pass stuff because the side stories are really cool. Um, and But it was a thing where it like didn't add to the main game or you could argue that it did and it's required for the main game, but it's not like additional characters or weapons or whatever in the main game. It's its own thing, but it's a okay. season pass. Fuck that term. Whatever that means anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. So, I don't, oh, my, my overall pro tip was maybe just buy the standard and wait because the season pass is going to go on sale at some point. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Maybe I'll do that because there's one game I did genuinely want to buy. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Uh, there's actually we've got the chat seems to be lighting up actually uh, about the whole DLC stuff. Uh, Red Jack says he just doesn't buy DLC. Um, Tornado Jones says make characters hard to unlock to show your skill instead of buying characters. Uh, I can agree with that a bit more. Um, yeah. What else we've got going on? Um, I would argue for and against that though but it might just depend on the game itself like i do not own smash brothers ultimate but i want all the characters but good lord at this point unlocking all those characters would take like a solid week of your life non-stop playing it feels like almost just play story mode that's the longest part of the whole fucking game i'm not touching that (laughs) It's a lot of fun. I don't care what anyone says. I don't have eighty hours to spend. I don't have not eighty hours. It's maybe ten. It's maybe ten. I'm. I used to be good at Smash. I don't know. You're wrong. <laughs> not wrong. But if you if you go back and like play like Fighters Mega Mix, for example, I the part of the beauty of that game was you had a whole cool character roster character list people to play with then you unlock all these cool things and that made the game so much more fun you're unlocking these bit these people and then when your mates come around to play you're like look what i just like i just unlock i just unlocked a freaking car to play with come on but nowadays it's like i'll buy some dlc and get a, and play with a car that way which just doesn't feel i feel like you're losing some of the essence of the games especially with fighting games like that that's a relic of the time like i i get what you're saying and i would prefer to unlock more content via you know actually playing the game but the the way that i look at it is that and you can especially see this more in like the what is it the the seventh generation video games where they were kind of like doing at the crossroads where you can have an entire roster of like 30 characters and you can unlock 15 of them but they're still going to come out with dlc they still have to make their money and it's not like it was in the 90s where you know, fighting games and the arcades were popping and you can go into an arcade and just play whatever fighting game and then bring that experience home on the PlayStation or the Sega Saturn. Like we weren't, we we were getting like eight different fighting games within a quarter of any given time. Whereas nowadays you're not seeing that like arc system works coming out with a new game is a big fucking deal because there's just not a lot of developers making fighting games there's maybe five 
You got your five big ones, and then everything else is like indie, underground, or just bound to fail. So it's 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 a it's it's a relic of its time, dude. I don't know. I I feel like I disagree slightly on that. I can understand what you're saying, but I kind of feel I disagree. But it's not. I think my point there. I've kind of diluted myself into just talking about fighting games now. It's more for other games as well, more than mm-hmm. I guess fighting games. Like some big games have come out that like adventure games or whatever they've added they've got dlc which is clearly just add-ons that they were planning anyway and it's just like i don't know it just feels like they're not releasing a full game anymore that's one of the other problems or they're they're saying buy a season pass for this dlc that's going to come out but you don't know what it is yet and sometimes it just turns out to be like a tiny little thing that lasts like 30 minutes like i just paid 10 dollars for half an hour's worth of gameplay i don't really know i don't think it's worth it uh and and that i agree with like for example like i don't buy a whole lot of dlc for games unless i know it's going to be worth it like i i I do some research on the dlc and the perfect example that i go to is the witcher 3 when they did uh i want to say like hearts of stone and then blood and wine those are like 20 hour games or like i think the second installment which was blood and wine that was nearly 30 hours of gameplay that game was i think 20 bucks it was 30 bucks if you got the physical edition that came with like gwent cards like yeah. it was it was really really cool so yeah. in those cases then yeah I'd, I'd be all for it but most major releases i'm probably just going to wait for the game of the year edition you're going to come out with it you're you're big enough to to shell out like all the DLC guaranteed at the end of the year and just make one giant G, uh, GOTY edition. So yeah, yeah. And Red Jaguar just made a point, just literally just then saying it's a full. It, it, I mean, it's a full game. People just don't seem to think they're getting the whole thing if they find out there's going to be additional content. I think that's the situation mm-hmm. I was in where I was saying this stopped me buying games because. I was going to buy the standard game and I was like, oh wait, they've got all this other stuff, but then I'm not sure if that stuff's going to be worth it. So I also don't want to buy the standard game right now because the full game's going to be released. Um, which I, I feel that's, and as you say, Chris, you could hold off to um, get the, the complete edition later in the, down the line, but surely developers want you to buy the game when it launches, not wait like a year for the, the complete edition to come out. So I, I don't know. Um, Someone will buy it, not me. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tornado Jones says more of the story. Focus on the main game and then develop announced DLC later. Which I, that's what I want. That's basically that's that's my point. I want developers to start doing that more. Um, um, which point we an ahead. example of <laughs> the dream scenario that happened for me this year? Untitled Goose Game was my game of the year when it came out, and then they announced not only a physical collector's edition but a goddamn two-player mode added to that, and I was just like, oh, mind blown. I will buy this game three more times. Thank you. <laughs> so, oh, they could, nice. they, but they could have done a whole new game with that and just made it two-player. Instead, they just made the main game two-player, okay. and that was DLC for it. That was also free, I think. So, I don't know. Uh, join me, Graham, in bucking the whole fucking system and just keep buying Dreamcast indie games. Yeah! Let's do that. And with that, I'm going to shut up for a little minute and... Uh... <laughs> Anti Chris, let's move on to you, buddy. Um, what's 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 your predictions, or what do you expect from twenty twenty one? So the pandemic has like really shaken the the fighting game community and fighting game developers as a whole. Um, 
Japan has finally learned that delay-based netcode is garbage and that they realize that in order for them to stay viable in a global market, that they need to change their, uh, their netcode problem. So uh, we're, we're already seeing it with companies like Arc System Works and Bandai Namco um, releasing updates to some of their legacy games and even their newer games where they mess with the rollback or they mess with the, the netcode and incorporate rollback netcode. Um, for those who don't know, rollback netcode, um, instead of pretty much recording inputs in gameplay and having each player have to wait for those inputs to hit the server and return back to their game, which causes the lag, um, they allow free-form movement on both of their parts, and as that data from the other player is being recorded in real time, you're still able to freely move around throw out like your Hadoukens, your your Tatsus, your Shoryukens, and not worry about the lag screwing up and eating your inputs, which is very, very important because we don't have on offline play anymore. We're not going to have offline play for a while. We haven't had many offline tournaments. Uh, I want to say that there was maybe like one or two, and that was in Thailand or some other like Southeast Asian country where they locked up and got rid of COVID for a while. So um, rollback netcode is going to be more prevalent in games. I'm hoping that they start going back to some of the games that are currently available. Like they, I know that they did an update to um, Tekken 7. I'd like to see the same thing go for DBFZ. I'd like to see the same thing go for Soul Calibur 6. Um, uh, Street Fighter 5 tried incorporating netcode this past year. Uh, it did not do well. Uh, the fan community had to go in there and unfuck it. Um, Arc System Works went back to Guilty Gear, Accent Core, plus R, and they put uh, rollback netcode in there. So I'm hoping that maybe they'll do have some legacy support for um, Xard, uh, Rev2, or like they already announced that Strive is going to have rollback. And those were one of some of the big things that they were talking about with the, J- uh, the Japan Fighting Game Publisher Conference. Um, that happened over the summer. Like rollback netcode was just like, okay, we we need to we need to fix this because we don't know when we're going to get out of it. Um, I'd love to see what this polymega is about. Um, <laughs> me yeah, and Powell bought it. Me and Powell bought it back in like February of 2019. It was supposed to come out in November, and. They get ends up getting pushed back to I believe they said February. February we're supposed to be getting it because of some sure. sort of shipping issue that they had with Walmart, where Walmart breached their uh, their contract with them and they weren't able to ship it, which is complete bullshit. I'm not buying it whatsoever. There's I know some, it some weird shit like shady stuff going. It's I don't know always what to something. It's yeah. always something with them. And, like, I got, like, the complete set that they have. So I'm getting, like, the Polymega, oh, wow. which if you don't know what the Polymega is, it's every single, not every single, it's uh, all of the disc-based games. We're talking Sega CD, we're talking Neo Geo CD, PlayStation, Sega Saturn. Um, I want to say uh, PC Engine CD. Um, so I know that there's those five. And then there are cartridge add-ons like Genesis, Super Nintendo, NES, and I believe there's like one other one. I I believe it's um, I think it's PC yes. as well. No, Super Nintendo. I already said. Yeah, but it does do PC Engine. It does. It does PC Engine. So we we're getting those four cartridge based add-ons. Um, I would like to see support for like Neo Geo Pocket Color or some other shit that I don't 
readily have available to stream. Um, but I, I'd love to see how it goes. I know it exists. I know like certain influencers have gotten it, like Modern Vintage Gamer and Metal Jesus, and they were just like, it's legit. It's it's seriously like legit. They're the compatibility issues that the the polymega has are very minimal and when they do run into them it, it you know they can just patch it out so i'm excited to finally play some saturn in fucking hdmi that's yeah. my biggest thing uh guilty gear strive that's been the game that i've been following for over a year plus um it's got to deliver it's got that that will make or break uh, the series because mm-hmm. Arc System has come out and said that they are changing the way that the system operates. It's not like XR. It's not like X2. Um, they're trying to get more newer players in there. But when they did the closed beta, ninety-five percent of all the players that played Strive were Legacy players. Fifty percent of them admitted that Guilty Gear is their favorite franchise. So they're still getting the same player base jumping into Strive when they're trying to more or less pander to newer players, making the combo system a little bit easier, uh, dumbing down the combo system, the combat system. So we've seen some changes. They've been releasing new information in the developer's backyard. Um, They're very transparent with everything that they're doing. They're changing the entire ranked structure so that no character, no player is getting a rank rather than they have access to certain lobbies based on skill-based matchmaking, which I think is cool because what they were saying is that when people are assigned a specific rank, like, for example, in in XR on PlayStation 4, I am ranked 25 out of 40, which is relatively high. Um, That pretty much says I am better than the top... I am better than 90% of the people who's ever played that game in ranked mode. And what people will do is that they will avoid playing people who are a lower rank than they are because they don't want to lose that rank. So by eliminating the rank and giving them access to specific lobbies that are based off of their skill level, um, they can probably see more people playing the ranked mode in competitive play rather than just fucking off in casuals. Uh, um, I'd like to see how... Pre- that, uh, Go ahead. that happens in Puyo Puyo Tetris too. It fucking sucked launch day. No one was in the casual rooms. Everyone was in ranked, so I was just getting demolished and it was not fun. <laughs> That shit's fucking annoying. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see how CD Projekt Red fares post-Cyberpunk 2077 hate train. I'm not having issues with Cyberpunk like everyone else is, but I have a pretty beefy computer. It can handle all the bullshit that's going on. Oh, you're you're playing the correct version. That's why. Exactly. I'm playing the the right version. And everyone else who isn't is poor. And they're yeah, a bunch of- <laughs> that, that's essentially what, what CD Projekt Red is saying. Like, I, I, I'm not saying that. I, I didn't even want the, the, the PC version. I wanted the PS5 version. But if you don't have the, the PC version and you don't have a strong PC to play it on, like, don't even fucking bother. Oh, you have something that's not a 2060 or higher? Get the fuck out of here. You're trash. <laughs> People playing it on, like, dual 1080s, and it's still, like... Like assets not even loading, you'll fall oh, wow. through the fucking world in this indefinite like cycle of doom. Yeah, some people I, I've hit some some there. crazy glitches on the when I was playing on like a, a launch at Xbox One, mm-hmm. and I was having all sorts of crazy glitches oh, and stuff. Yeah, and they're and they're not even like 
confident that they're going to have a patch for those legacy consoles until February. Jesus. Yeah. So it's like, I don't you... think so by the time the Switch version comes out, right? Mm. <laughs> tell me more, Scotty. Tell me more. I don't um, care what happens to it. Yeah. So uh, the, uh, the only friends I know, other friends I know who've got it, who haven't had any problems, are some guys who have Xbox Series Xs. They say it runs mm-hmm. fine for them. Like they haven't had any problems. Yeah, the um, the ninth gen consoles are mostly okay. The PC version is mostly okay. It's but I mean, what percentage of the market is that? Like yeah. maybe ten? Yeah, probably, probably higher than that because you have the PC, you know, thrown in there. So we're saying everyone who has a base model or a PS4 Pro and an Xbox One or an Xbox One X gets shit on, yeah, because they didn't have the right console because they didn't spend money. That's bullshit. So yeah. then everything that happened with the Devotion release and then the Devotion pullback. Because I don't know if you guys were following that. GOG announced that they were releasing Devotion, which was a Red Candles game uh, release. They are the same guys who did Detention. It is a uh, Southeastern-style horror uh, game. Super yeah. good. Outstanding. And then they re- announced Devotion, which was more religious in nature rather than political. But mm-hmm. somebody had snuck in a meme being critical of the Chinese Communist Party. And then... Uh. The Chinese Communist Party pretty much shut that publisher down, and they weren't able to release the game outside of Taiwan. Well, GOG a couple weeks ago announced that they were going to release the English version on their platform, and then the Chinese Communist Party came in. Their fans very, very critical of it because apparently it's it's mean to China, and then they backpedaled that. So there's there's just a lot of things going on with CD Projekt. Because they own GOG and they they also do the development type bullshit. So, oh, I how they try, yeah, they own GOG. So I'm really curious in how they're going to to fix this ah. issue. Um, we know that a new Nintendo Switch Pro is coming out. Like we know that it's happening. I, I um, heard I heard different to the Nintendo Switch Pro. They got shut. The rumors about it got shut down recently. Yeah, and then and then uh, hardware manufacturers released rosters saying like, "Oh, the new components for the the new Nintendo Switch uh, just got leaked." So like, people have been talking about this for the last two years. They're expecting it to be released this winter season with Breath of the Wild two because that's going to be the flagship title that really pushes the Nintendo Switch Pro. So it's happening. So it's definitely happening. You said what title is going to be released with that? Uh, Breath of the Wild two. Okay. Uh, so much be better than the first one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do this right now. Right now. Last thing that I'm excited for, and this is more of an indie thing, um, Art Forge is a indie uh, fighting game developer. They've been working on a, their own game called Origin of Storms, which, um, you know, it's, it's like a Marvel 3-on-3 type game. But as a fan hype-building thing, like almost like a marketing ploy, they... Made, they developed a game called Sonic Smackdown, which is like a super high-end, not I don't want to say high-end, but it's like everything that we wanted from a Sonic the Hedgehog fighting game, if you ever wanted one outside of Sonic the Fighters, uh, is there. It's, it's Marvel right. stuff. It's like a mix between Marvel and Blaze Blue and Guilty Gear, and it's very fast-paced, and they had completed development on it, I want to say back in September? And they said that they weren't going to revisit it because, one, it's a free game. They're, they're babies, Origin of Storms. They have to go on and make money. 
And they announced about a week or two ago that Ultimate Sonic Smackdown is going to be coming out in 2021. They're saying it's a new development building on what they've already established with Sonic Smackdown. New characters, rollback netcode, three-on-three battles. Uh, it's It just sounds like it's going to be sick. And if you haven't checked it out, you guys should definitely check out the itch.to site where you can get that shit for free. Because it okay. is... Sonic will save us in 2021. Sonic will save us in 2021. I feel Sonic saved 2020, didn't he? With the Sonic Hedgehog movie. Yes. Yes. They did. That's the, that's a link. Nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. So yeah, cool. We can put that, we can put that in the, uh, the, the, the video and audio comments. Brilliant. Um, Mm -hmm. Scotty, uh, your future predictions or whatever for 2021, if you have any. Yeah. Uh, a lot of mine's been said, so I'll be quick. Uh, mainly the Polymega. I just wanted to release so that they can make up for all the bullcrap they've been through. Um, and a lot of people want to say, shut up and release it. That's easier said than done. And they need to just sell it through their goddamn site at this point, in my opinion. But yeah. hey, I don't know how easy that is. Whatever. I just want it out. I want to be able to buy it. I want to be able to play it. I want to be able to stop filling my shells up with shit and maybe have it all in a box. Let's have the poly 2021 year, the poly mega. Um, and also kind of to also latch on to what other people have said already. Uh, it would be cool if the next generation of consoles would get their footing because the launch was the most lukewarm thing we've seen in quite some time in video game mm. history. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't even like, like I was so happy with my Christmas haul and it was the year that a new generation of consoles launched, and I didn't even get one. So what does that say about... Well, that might say yeah. something about me, but that also says something about, I feel like, the launch. I think I think some of it, too, is like, I don't know if we've ever had a, a launch of a new generation of consoles where it seemed like the games were just so seamless between each console. Like, you get, for the most part, you get the same experience on yeah. one system than the next. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about the PS5 UI, how how different it is to the PS4. But with the with the Xbox, because we have a Series S, we got one for the kids for Christmas. I didn't mention that at the top of the show, so we have one of those, which is cool. Uh, but the UI looks exactly like it does on the regular one. So they, like yeah. the even the feel of it, just it feels the same. And so it doesn't. It's weird. It do, you know, mm. it's just, it's not that. There's not that wow factor, I guess. That mm. yeah, get with the uh you know in past iterations maybe need that new splash yeah. screen and that new layout i guess um, <laughs> yeah I, I feel like the um like the console sellers so to say i can't really comment on about the the series s or a series x because i don't know if there's any like exclusives to come out for that but like if i were to get a ps5 at launch it would have been for demon souls because that looks like the only game that is like so unique and different from anything else that you've played on the ps4 um, I mean, because like Spider-Man Miles Morales is there, and the PS5 version is just a better version of what's released on the PS4. Yeah. But as far as like something that is like brand spanking new, if you're not a if you're not a Soulsborne fan, and you're just wanting to spend money for a better version of Miles Morales, what is there for you to fucking buy? Yeah. Uh. Well, 
I will counter that, but also emphasize your point with Astro's Playroom because that was a pack-in game, and that's what anyone is talking about on these new consoles, I feel like, is like mm-hmm. the PS5 DualSense controller is getting more discussion than the actual consoles are. Because mm. um, that is like the... If, if there was a Wii Sports to showcase what a new system can do, I guess right now it's Astro's Playroom with the DualSense controller and how the rumble in that works. So... I will go back to what I was saying earlier. I, I will say one last thing. I think this is going to be the norm going forward with generations. Like, I think it's going to be just a continuous experience between one console, yeah. kind of like phones and stuff. You get a new phone, like your UI, and it, it, it feels like the same experience essentially, but the hardware is new and fresh and it, it, it runs yeah. more efficiently and, and faster. I think that's what we're going to start seeing more of versus like, what we saw in past generations, kind of like what I was talking about, really. Yeah. I think that, this is just the new norm. That's a very yeah. good comparison because when you get a new phone, you like enter your details and suddenly like all your apps appear from your old phone on your new phone and stuff and everything's transferred across, which is kind of what's right. happening here. We've got all mm-hmm. these games on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, which now play on the next generation. So you're not, you're not losing stuff. You're like, oh, I can still play all my old games. Fantastic. Uh, I need cool. that new shiny yeah. thing, though. Yeah, exactly. Um, Red Jaguar said in the chat, think about your huge PS4 game library, and I guess meaning that goes on to your PS5. I don't have a huge PS4 library because this generation didn't mean shit to me, to be totally (laughs) blunt. (laughs) There was nothing that stood out to me this generation. I think he was speaking to me in that because I have like Uh, 125 PS4 games hard copy, and I'm still running on a base PS4 that runs at like snail speed. It's terrible. Wow. Oddly enough, my base PS4 does not sound as much like a gen engine when I play Last of Us 2 as it did when I was playing Doom Eternal. I mean, I play too, but I just think it's because of all the hard drive space that I've taken up with, like, Yakuza 0 and all the DLC from the fighting games that I no longer play on PS4 because I have right. it on PC. So. Right. Yeah. Um, yes, and then my other thing, my my hype that I'm hoping for in 2021 is the return of conventions, because Megavision's going to hopefully take over them. Uh, with our guerrilla marketing, we're going to be there. Um, right. And then my last thing is in 2021, I want Graham and me to do a joint Panzer Dragoon Saga stream. It needs yeah, to happen. Oh, I'm sorry. It needs to that. happen. Genuinely up for that. I don't know how we're going to we do We got to make it happen. How do we do this? Uh, through the power of the internet, my friend. Excellent. Good. <laughs> All things are possible now. We can make yeah. it happen. Right. We can make it happen. This is Graham. Uh, like this is like Graham 2005. He's like, how do we ever do this? What? Is, what is this? What's going on? Oh, God. I don't even know what's happening right now. How's this stream going out live? Oh, my God. I don't. It's just all of us have. There's just tin cans everywhere. What up, Skyro the Dragon? He knows. Hey. Yes. Um. Apparently, in 2021, he wants me to do a TikTok dance to No Scrubs. Yes. I will never open a TikTok account. I'm too scared. <laughs> uh, that's my stuff for my my hopes for 2021. Fantastic. So. And so, how how's it going? Let's let's hear your 2021 jazz. My mine is going to be simple, and it's it's similar to Scotty's, but I think I just want to talk more about the i guess the game industry side of things but i just want to see like expos and shows and conventions return um that's like the biggest thing i don't know it's 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 weird i don't know like i'm sure game companies like the big ones 
are looking at analytics and data and things like that. And I don't know what that shows, but like between like whether what what the future of physical game conventions are going to be. Because I could certainly see them saying, like, why are we going to invest all this money when, like, we could just do all this digitally? Like, we had to do this year. And, like, what if it didn't really have any impact on sales and things like that? Like, that that's the thing. And, and that's what I'm kind of scared of. Because I want game conventions to keep happening. And I, I want E3 specifically to keep happening. I love E3. Yeah. I want it to keep happening. I, I want it to still mean something. Um, and I... Because... I, Honestly, if if we go to a world where everyone just puts their stuff up on YouTube, like why that's not special in any way, I think. You know, like at least at least for me in terms of covering it as a game journalist. Like I want to actually go there, touch these games, like hold, you know, play them, talk to the people that made the games, ask them questions, do all of those things. Like I don't want to just fucking watch a stream on my computer and then write an article about it. And, and like, that's that, like that to me, that's not like what I want from covering games. I want to actually be there and do it. Um, and so from that standpoint for me, like I really, really hope that we get yeah. like Dinkovich is back in a real way uh, next year um, because this is, that's been like one of the hardest parts for me because I, I look forward to so many parts of the year like, my year's broken up in a lot of ways. Like, I base it on shows and conventions, game shows and conventions that we go to. Like, because I always know January is MAGFest. That kicks off the year every year is MAGFest. And then we go from there. In the summer, you know, we have, like, E3. We have too many games. And, you know, we go from there. Um, and it's just, it's a it's been a really weird year. Yeah. Um, just to have everything kind of just, like, pulled out from under us. And we just have to kind of figure out what we what we do and i i, I want to say like for all the people out there that are still trying to run like virtual game conventions and things like that i applaud them i know how hard that must be just to try to keep it going and, and stay relevant and, and and all that um but i for me it's just it, it doesn't do it for me personally like I, I i can't i don't even bother with those virtual stuff um i want to yeah. go to the real thing and i, I, I hope go ahead I was going to say, I have a feeling that um, going forward, maybe some of the big like, big publishers, you know, Xbox, like, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, they might switch more towards virtual stuff. But I feel yeah. like more indie games and smaller publishers will still go to these um, physical events, partly because, yes, you can, it's quite easy to put stuff up on like YouTube and stuff. But it's only like the really big games that um, or big publishers that like get attention on there, like the smaller games don't. So it's really these events that those smaller games can actually get no more notice, I think, and more traction. I think um, that's a great point because I'll tell you, Graham, um, at PAX East, like there were so many amazing and well-crafted, well-polished indie games that were there that I had never heard about. And if I had never gone to that, I would never have even found it about, you know, like there's a lot of games. Um, that I played this year because I went to PAX East and I never would have known about those games if I hadn't been there. So I think there is something to say uh, for, you know, uh, you know, physical shows for smaller, you know, game companies. I think it does mean something. Yeah. The problem I, I, is you're not an influencer. The constant struggle. The struggle continues. Game journalists <laughs> versus influencers. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that, else you that's, that's all mine. 
Oh, okay. I was going to ask if there's anything else you're predicting, but uh, is that it? That's my big thing. Um, it's just I, I, that's what I want to see, and that's what okay. I hope for. My, my big thing. Cool. Well, there we go. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, Sky of the Dragon says Mega Visions will always be an influence to me. So, yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, buddy. Awesome. Love it. <laughs> so, I guess that kind of does it with our feature topic and with the show. Um, just a couple of comments in the chat. Uh, Tornado Jones, I'm excited for the. Fool I Die games I haven't played and the new ones coming out. I have no idea what that is. Do you guys I don't know what that sentence means? I think he fucked up. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even mention that, hey, hopefully, you know, next marathon we'll actually do, be doing it in person, the Dreamcast marathon. That'll be oh, holy yes. fucking shit so much easier to run. Um, oh, even so- indie games. Sorry. I'm excited for the cool indie games I haven't played yet and the new ones coming out. That's what Tornado James meant. So thanks, thanks Tornado James for clarifying. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think Dreamcast Marathon 2021, if we can be in person again, that would be so much better because it was fine this year. I think it worked to an extent, but it, it wasn't quite the same, was it? Um, being all together. Uh, yeah, no, it's different. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for the quarterly marathons where we do one for the, the Master System, one for the Genesis, one for the Saturn, and then close it out with the Dreamcast. Let's do it, Scotty. Let's do it. We can, have Saturn, yeah. we can have the Saturn Marathon be during Christmas because we could close it out with Christ- Christmas nights. Yes. And then like yeah. you, can, you can pilot that one. Let's do Not it. Not even that'll convince me to do it. <laughs> Come on. Oh, it's so good. No. <laughs> Fuck you. You try to organize this thing. <laughs> oh man. I need well, my Chris... own goddamn house to have the marathon in. I can't even oh god damn it. Uh, well pal, get that mega bomb bill so we can have more marathons going. That's maybe. the plan. That's that's my yeah. it, that's Let's another go. one. In twenty twenty one we'll have that. Yeah, the mega, mega bomb. Bon. Perfect. Perfect. Um so yeah, if there's nothing else, I think I feel like that that's it's been a great show. Thanks everybody for do joining us in twenty twenty. Um yes, do we have any uh, actually let's start with Antichrist. Antichrist, have you got any announcements or anything from your your side at all? Anything with Scrub Burst or anything happening? I about, work or? for you guys. Well, you've, yeah, got, sure. you've got your own show going on as well. Come on, dude. <laughs> uh no, I mean like I'm still working on my, my Sonic tier list, so that's a weekly occurrence. Every Monday we play a new Sonic game and you know see whereabout we uh we put that sucker last week we did sonic rider zero gravity that was a fucking dumpster fire oh so, great game yeah oh <laughs> jesus christ graham <laughs> welcome to podcasting I, with graham yeah i enjoyed uh, it. i genuinely not ironically i enjoyed that game like not amazing but i enjoyed zero, it I zero gravity. <laughs> yeah zero gravity i don't know what the fucking <laughs> wrong i can't say it uh, we're still making our way through um, Elemental Gimmick Gear. We're at the tail end. I'm at a really Ooh. difficult boss where I have to fight the, the giant battle dress uh, boss. That's relatively challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like every Friday, we're, we're playing some sort of fighting game with, uh, with my community. So that's always going to be a thing. Um, Scrubverse podcast-wise, we've got some changes coming on very, very soon, Ooh. which we are excited to... Uh, announce when that is ready um but all in all that's that's what i do so nice. i'm on mega visions i play fantasy star 4 right now and then after that we're probably going to do fantasy star 3 excellent brilliant 
And uh, Scotty or Crit or Pal, um, do we have any updates for the site or magazine? I'll go last. Okay, Pal. Uh, uh, nothing that I want to announce right now. We have some big stuff coming up that we'll we'll be announcing probably this next week, but uh, nothing I'm okay. ready to announce. Just yet. nice, nice. And Scotty Mo. Yeah, we've got um, the stream schedule coming up. Uh, Anti sort of hopped into that a little bit, but basically Monday, Tuesday, maybe if I if work doesn't destroy me this week, I'll be streaming. Um, Thursday night throwdown happens every week, uh, and then Chris ha- Anti Chris has his own stuff on Saturday. So keep an eye on Twitter, the best for that because we always post that the actual schedule either Sunday or Monday, and then pin it to the tweets. Um, so that you can see what we're doing. Um, and I want to say that I hope that in 2020 with all the bullshit that was going on, that the podcast and streams maybe helped people get through it. Um, we try to bring light to this bullshit, despite how cynical I can be and others might be. Um, we hope that this distracted you a little bit with our streams and with our podcasts. So we're going to keep doing that into 20, uh, whatever year is happening next. <laughs> Does anybody have <laughs> anything to add to that? Um, not really just the, yeah. Um, if, as always keep any questions or comments, feedback coming in about the show, we are making this into an ever evolving sort of thing. So obviously we didn't start off going live. But we now are now live. Um, we're hoping to keep going live in 2021. Uh, but yeah, we're always looking for new ideas or like, uh, just tweeting it, making it better, making it something that you guys will enjoy. And, uh, we have, of course we've got plans to try and tweak it a little bit ourselves, but if you've got anything you want to throw out there, just let us know. Um, bring back the sideshow, says Antichris. Thanks, Antichris. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm, I enjoyed Maybe. the sideshow. Not going to lie, but there we go. You were on uh, it like twice. Yeah. On there a few times. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's it. I think everybody. Thanks again for yeah. We're gonna. Um, I am Kyle X is playing Tomb Raider Chronicles right now, mm-hmm. uh, the Dreamcast version. So we're gonna go nice. ahead and raid him, um, and uh, hang out with him. He's a Scottish dude that plays some cool stuff and is all about Jigglypuff. But playing that, uh, watching some of that Laura Croft right now, ladies and gentlemen. So that's oh, all yeah. I got. We're gonna raid him. So stick around. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks again. Uh, Stay awesome. Enjoy the rest of 2020 and see you in 2021. Be excellent to each other. Did I hit the button? I think I did it. The alert's not coming up on my screen, so let's hope that it works. It's it's done. It's raining. Thank you, everybody. Have a good Sunday or whatever it is to you. Now I look like a man-child. (laughs) 